Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. We are going to be doing a question and answer session that followed my talk about perk diversity. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now. Typically when these hit the podcast or the YouTube places, I am streaming when that happens. So come on in, twitch.tv slash say no to rage or look me up, say no to to rage on Twitter or Twitch and come and hang out with us, submit questions. A lot of people have been doing that lately. I appreciate the people that have been tuning in from the YouTube and the podcasts. And if you like this stuff, man, share it on Reddit and other places that you think it might get some traction in the community if you like the ideas and the discussions. So, we're going to jump into Q&A. The cliff notes of my talk is basically, give us more perk diversity. Forsaken brought the game forward so we could even have this conversation. It's great that there's random roles and, and, and perks to chase. But right now, we're all basically chasing the same perks. And it would be nice to have some diversity within the perks. And I gave some ideas on how to do that. So, we're going to jump right into the questions here. The Phantom Fixer says... Should Bungie lean into separating PvE and PvP slots to allow flavor alteration to the guns, but keeps perks functioning at the same base level? Um, thank you so much, uh, Brosa, for the brand new sub, and Sloppy Joe with the brand new sub. Guys, welcome to the Rageless. I appreciate that very much. Uh, we will get the... We, I think we just unlocked some commands for the Vortex. We'll turn the Vortex back on after the question and answer. As far as... I mean... As far as having the guns, the flavor alteration, but keeping the functioning the same base level, I know I know people are thinking like, why don't they just do two different skill trees? Why as as what you're saying, like have two completely different mod slots? That's that's a pretty different way of building uh, the grind and the depth because right now you don't actually customize your gun that much with a mod. You make a slight alteration with the mod, whether you're making the mag slightly bigger. Or trying to give yourself, in this case, everybody's obviously chasing like Rampage spec and things like that. Now, maybe the Radar one is is one that people are chasing uh, in Crucible, but I actually don't know how much of a have it, you know, how much of a difference does that make? Um, but but I do think that whenever you're looking at the two sides of the game, you have to remember that Bungie doesn't want to have that sharp dividing line. They've made that clear. They've made that crystal clear. Boring you out? I'll help you. I'll help you with that. Don't come back. You're permabanned. I don't need douches like you here. We have 756 other people here instead of you. Um, but thanks for stopping by. So they don't want to separate the game that significantly. They don't. Um, that's that's something they've made very, very clear. Now, what I've always said is you could really start to dig in on perks that clearly have a bent toward one side of the game right? I mean, it, it, there's a slight difference between Kill Clip and Rampage, and I think a lot of people make the argument and understand that Kill Clip's a little bit better suited for PvP rhythm, and that Rampage is built for the rhythm of ads in PvE. Now, you can use both. I mean, you can use them interchangeably. It doesn't really matter. And some people prefer one over the other depending on what they're doing. But I do think a lot of people, generally, the consensus is, you do get a little bit more bang for your buck with Rampage in PvE and Kill Clip in PvP. Now, when you do that, I think that's like up to the player and that's kind of a soft suggestion. I think they could go even further than that.
I think you could have perks that say against non-guardians. Like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, I had the idea the other day for incendiary rounds. Every crit hit that I land with my hand cannon loads an incendiary round into my next, you know, into my next mag. And it could even say applies damage over time, you know, applies the damage over time to, you know, non-guardian combatants. Like, what's the matter with that? Why why can't we have perks like that? Now, maybe the engine makes that difficult, but in D1, they said they had perks that said against enemies of the darkness, and everybody knew that meant it had to be, it had to be against a non-guardian combatant, right? It had to be against, you know, it had to be against them, right? It, it, you couldn't just take it in the crucible and have that perk landing. Uh, so... I don't know why they couldn't do that now. I know some people think like the engine makes it too complicated. It's difficult for them, you know, to have that 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 slice down the middle with respect to perks. But they did it before. I I don't know. The non guardian concept is pretty important to Gambit too, right? Like I'm I'm confused as to why they don't do more of that. So and maybe they have plans to do that. Right now they they try to throw everything they could at us, right? They try to throw everything but the kitchen sink at us. And I think in some in many respects they were they were successful in doing so. So they were able to give us you know a very very substantive upgrade to the game and a DLC. And now that they've done that, we can actually have a conversation about okay. Well, now that you've done this, could you give us perks that matter? Could you give us perks that are strong? You know, um, it would be too strong. Remember Zen, Zen Meteor? Assuming it would be too strong, I don't understand why you would assume that. They would tweak it, right? They would tweak it. Like, you're as, like I don't understand why we would assume any perk would be too strong. They wouldn't create a perk and be like, oh, whoops, it's too strong. Oh, we're sorry. They'd be like, no, this is the damage threshold of the dot. You know, the damage over time, this is the damage threshold of the, the explosion or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's a that's an assumption that has no ground because they could they they would they would obviously tweak the perk before launching it. They wouldn't just launch a perk that's broken. I mean they would they would hundred percent you would think. I mean people are like, Well it's bungee. I would think they would test it. I, w- I would think they would test it before slamming it into the game. Um, I mean, obviously I may be I may be giving them too much credit, but in my mind, I would I would think that they would they wouldn't just land a perk on a gun that breaks PVE. So, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I think you want you want the guns to feel a whole lot stronger than they feel now, a whole lot more unique than they feel now. And I don't think you can keep saying until the end of time, well, it'll break PVP, right? So, you know, like luck of the chamber went the way of the dodo because of too much strength. Right, but we all know luck in the chamber wasn't something people wanted in PvE, right? It wasn't something that we wanted in PvP. So I would think that you can you can have perks like that. Like you I'm sorry, I missaid I missaid that. You wanted luck in the chamber in PvP. There was no reason for luck in the chamber in PvE. There was no reason for it. It was like, well, I, you know, the one bullet out of a bunch that might be a little bit stronger that's not that helpful in pve rampage is obviously far superior so you could have you could have perks that are thematically leaning towards one side of the game but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you you break one side of the game just because you want to give us something cool like i'm not saying bring back luck in the chamber uh, they brought it. Yeah, luck in the chamber is basically opening shot. That is true. It basically does what luck in the chamber did. No, I think opening shot doesn't do increased damage. It's just increased uh, aim assist, isn't it? 
I don't think opening shot, it makes the same sound. It makes the same sound, but I'm fairly certain, uh, I'm fairly certain that you can't, you can't get, uh, we got another one with surrounded and rampage. It's unfortunate. Um, range and aim assist. Yeah, it's not increased damage. Luck in the chamber was broken because if it procced at the right time, it basically would turn your gun into, especially if it was on the right one, it would turn the gun into a two tap. Uh, and that was what was so frustrating about it. So, <clears throat> whenever you're thinking about adding perks to weapons, this, I think, is where they need to go. They've made it clear they don't really want to do that, so my hope would be that <clears throat> they would start to see they kind of need to. Uh, they kind of need to. They, they need to separate the game to some degree, or you're just going to get stuck always saying, Oh, it'll break PvP. Ace of Discord. In order to diversify the perk pool, is it more important for Bungie to buff existing perks or introduce introduce competitive new ones? Well, I mean, this is a good question, and I think it's it's pretty easy to see they need to introduce new perks. Like, all the perks that you basically ignore, perks that you like, I don't care about that perk, right? Field prep on a primary weapon, for example, or hip fire grip on a, a ranged precision weapon. You know, things like that. You just genuinely know, uh, yeah, even if you make this stronger, people aren't really going to gravitate toward it. So I would say go with new perks. It's good to keep bad perks in the pool. It's good to keep perks in the pool that you're like, what the frick? What am I going to do with, you know, why am I, why am I going to use this? I think there's a place for that. We don't want all the perks to be like marginally different from each other. So again, the difference between a good role and a god roll and a good role and another good role is super, super small. I think it's good to be like, oh, this was so close to being what I needed, but it's got this crap perk on it. You kind of need that. But I think we do need to get new ones as opposed to investing in existing. Moist Slurpee, 485 light, started playing Destiny again yesterday. Any suggestion on light leveling quickly? If you're just playing the game and doing all of your milestones, you should be leveling pretty quickly. They're giving you bigger drops from your prime engrams, bigger drops from your milestones. So just do everything. Open up your director. Everywhere you see a yellow circle like reward, do that because those will be bigger jumps for you. That's about all you can do. You can't control what you get. The Phantom Fixer. What uh, would the perk would the perk pool benefit from a loss of direct damage buff perks and more of a focus on secondary stats like reload stability as a way of increasing DPS and performance? I feel kill clip etc. Uh, though they still reward based, they're still reward based. They just always rise to the top as cookie cutter. Right, and I think that's one of the issues is onslaught and trench barrel do increase these things but they make the guns feel different when I use breakneck it feels like a different auto rifle than I've ever used before so and trench barrel same deal it's like yeah I'm still barrel stuffing but I have to punch first if I really want to get the, the full benefit of the perk and then you know beyond that I'm not just getting the full benefit of the perk I'm, I'm using it rhythmically when I'm fighting something that's you know bigger than me right I might be stopping to punch again to reproc it so whenever you have perks like that i think you can have new perks that are more maybe they're maybe they're more about the elements like i said like with suppression fields dragonfly things like that whenever you have something that's clearly bent away from well no this isn't going to increase my base damage but it's going to be fun it's going to it's going to stun all the enemies in an area it's going to in you know blind the enemies it's going to cause bleed cause dot damage whatever 
<clears throat> Poison Arrows is a good example, right? I know people are going to p- keep telling me that, like, the Monarch's great in PvP. I, 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 that's going to be, that's going to remain to be seen. We're going to see if that thing rises to the top and, and becomes a meta weapon. <clears throat> that doesn't mean it's bad in PvP, but if it doesn't rise to the level of, like, the Dust Rock Blues representation, then I wouldn't be too concerned about the Monarch being, like, this PvP-breaking weapon. And I think Poison Arrows would have made a better pinnacle perk for a legendary bow. Because in the content that you're grinding, you know, whenever you're grinding the Forge and PvE and you get a weapon like that, I would expect it to have, you know, perks that are going to be good for PvE, not good for PvP. And even still, I don't know how much the Poison Arrows help in PvP, other than just if you land the shot, it puts poison on the enemy and then they have to kind of, you know, hide. But again, you have to have the... It's contextual. You have to land the... You have to land the, the arrow at the right timing with the draw time. So, if if they're looking at perks like reload and stability, if you remember in D1, we would go for things like braced frame, hand laid stock, and things of that nature. Those were nice, and they felt different, but I think Bungie's done a better job of making perks more interesting. I think Rampage and Surrounded with Rampage spec and, and, and Surrounded spec and things like this, I actually think the perks are better. I think they've come up with cooler perks that are more influential. The problem is, similar to when similar to when people started using Fatebringer and they're like, there's no reason to use any other weapon, that's kind of happening right now. People are like, well, there's no reason to go for anything other than Rampage. There's no th- reason to go for anything other than Feeding Frenzy as a reload perk or you know outlaw. So that's when they have to lean in and say, okay... Onslaught and Trench Barrel, what do you got? What can we come up with that is more like Onslaught, Trench Barrel, Magnificent, Howl, Desperado, that makes the weapon unique, different, strong, and, and even and even handles differently? That's what they need to do, I think. And I think pushing the primary weapons up into the ele- elemental slot would help with that because then they could lean into more elemental you know, style perks, you know, do different things with Dragonfly as well. And then you might gravitate away from the Rampage Outlaw, the Rampage Feeding Frenzy. And the reason for that would be you have an elemental perk build that, you know, is more worthy of of use, in your opinion. Not dramatically different. You're not going to suddenly be killing adds faster than we can kill them now. Two and three tapping most adds with most proficient legendaries is about as fast as you're going to get. And then as long as you're matching that, then your playstyle and your decision-making determines what you're going to use. Mervana PSN. Do you think Reforge should come back, but with a higher cost to reroll better devils into second better devils? I like the reason, the reason I don't think Reforging needs should come back is because I think they've got a pretty good format now where there are pockets of the game you can grind and then just keep going for rolls. Reforging works against the nature of a looter shooter because you're not looting. You're not looting. You grind for the resource, and then a lot of the times what ends up happening is people end up finding the fastest way to get the resource, and then they just end up with a bundle, and then they stand in the tower. Now you're saying, oh, I would at least need another better devils. I don't know if that would bother me as much, because getting duplicates, you could be like, well, I didn't get the roll that I wanted. What you're doing is, is like, let's say I'm farming for a, a Warden's Law. Okay. If I'm farming for a Warden's Law and the Warden of Nothing Strike, every two, I get a third chance, basically. 
I get one, don't like it, but I keep it. I get another one, don't like it, but I keep it. And then I kind of like infuse them into each other, right? That means after that, every time you get another Warden's Law, you can just keep infusing it into that base level Warden's. So you're always getting two chances. You see why it's kind of like, you see why that's problematic, you know? It's like, I have a base Warden's that I don't like. It doesn't have the role that I want. Every time a Warden's drops, it's a chance at a role that I want, and if it doesn't have the role that I want, I can infuse it into an existing one and try one more time. That just, I don't know, that feels weird to me. That just feels weird to me to have that many chances to get the role on a gun that you want, you know? It just makes more sense in a looter shooter to be looting, to be going for the role that you want, and then when it drops, you check it. And Ada's bounties, I think, are like right, right where you kind of want that role and that pursuit to be. You know, one of the things I think that frustrates people about chasing random roles is when they go into content like Gambit, there's no intentional grind. So you finally get a parcel of stardust and it's terrible, or you finally get a bygones or a trust and you can't stand the role. You don't feel like you have a a good course of action to try to get another one. And that's where I think Ada's bounties could assist big time into giving you the intentionality that you're wanting without making it without making it so easy to get the roles that you want, but just reforging with, you know, a resource or something. Uh, King K, Warframe implements many guns with the ability to grind mods, which you can apply to those guns to provide different effects. But a system similar to this, like, placed in Destiny. So, let me get this straight. You, let me reread this. The ability to grind mods, which you can apply to those guns to provide different effects. Right, I mean, they could do a multifaceted push here. They could have the team that works on the rolls come up with really good perk ideas. And then you could then, after that, have the mod team come up with complementary mods or, you know, maybe not complementary mods, maybe just mods that change the nature of the game, right? Or change the nature of the gun. Why don't we have an outlaw mod? Just just throw outlaw in there. Well, now I don't have to grind for outlaw. I can take advantage of other perks in that, in that slot, right? That's just one example, but... I think they could go even further than that. You know, a mod that a mod that uh, like doubles the reload speed of a gun as long as you empty, you know, you can call it light mag. As long as you make the mag like half empty, the reload's like super super fast. That changes the way that you play, it changes the way that the gun handles, and then you can have other things, you know, other things of that nature. You know, a dragonfly chain mod. If you get dragonfly and it hits the guy next to him, then then he he chains or he gets he gets dra- he gets like an effect attached to him and if you kill him then his dragonfly chains everybody around him right it puts like a puts like a dragonfly curse on all the enemies so you can get like a cool chain effect things like that i think could take things farther than they are now but again the only reason we can have this conversation is because forsaken brought this idea to the game and now we're just trying to iterate on it thank you for bringing random roles thank you for bringing great perks back can we get more, please? Please, sir, can I have some more? Is essentially what we're saying. And I think that's totally legitimate to ask for a better iteration and better depth on these on these uh, weapons and guns. Melodic Gamer says, 
I was thinking about this the other day, and I was wondering, what if armor pieces have intrinsic perks on them? For example, mobility gauntlets that you can give uh, an automatic stability buff. Um, Push it a little further, and once the piece is masterworked, an additional intrinsic perk would be increased reload and lightweight frame options. Thoughts? Yeah, I've never quite understood why they didn't have mobility armor that makes you feel like you're more mobile, you know? Like, why not make us faster? I don't know. Like, actually sprint faster? You know when you put on the Midnight Coup or the the new bow is lightweight as well. The new bow from the Forge. I, I, I remember when I put it on, I was like, oh, I'm a little bit faster, right? Like, everything's just a little bit snappier. I'm not sure why they've never done that with mobility. Mobility just feels like such a stupid perk because of that. Um, so, I, I, would, I would wager to say that could happen but at this point we're we're just not seeing we're not seeing armor play a huge huge role and the existing perks on armor before i would even give into an idea like this i'd be like man make the make the armor work right ammo finder doesn't seem to work you know flinch apparently doesn't really do much from what people have been saying like I would say make the perks themselves more prominent and more apparent. When I got the gauntlets and Wrath of the Machine, I could tell I was getting more heavy. It was so obvious. When I have special ammo finder on or heavy ammo finder on, I can I can't tell, but I have a ton of gear built that way because I'm the assumption is that they're gonna fix it, right? Thank you, Ed Rambunctious, for 18 months of subs, dude. That's a year and a half. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, Raggedy Man says, do you think God roll is an open-ended term? As in, if something is comfortable to your day, uh, your day works, but the OP setup, that's your personal God roll setup. Your, your sentence is kind of like all over the place there. Maybe some autocorrect got you. <laughs> um, I would say that God roll is subjective to a certain degree, right? If, for, if for whatever the frick reason you think hip fire on a hand cannon is the best I could I could argue that you're wrong like you're totally allowed to think that like oh this is the best this makes the gun so much better and I'd be like okay you you're wrong like you can you can actually measure the difference in the the efficiency changes in a weapon and say hip fire grip doesn't really do anything for a hand cannon it doesn't it's not actually helping you right um, but you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go for like, let's say, okay, let's take the, the blast furnace, for example. We all know everybody wants the blast furnace with feeding frenzy and rampage. Okay. But if you're like, no, I want a blast furnace with hip fire grip and, uh, I don't even know what, like I'm trying to create a bad role, you know, hip fire grip. And I want... Uh, extended mag and that makes the reload really really slow uh, and something else well I mean you could make you could very easily make comparisons between one person the next going into a room and saying how efficient are you at using that weapon in the way that it's designed it's designed to kill trash ads it's designed to kill red bars then you could say okay how efficient is this weapon you know, where, where is it landing? How fast are you killing the ads? Okay. 
in most circumstances in Destiny, because somebody in chat's like, well, it depends on where you are. Most of the content's pretty similar. Whether you're in Gambit, a Nightfall, or a Strike, or a Forge, or the Raid, there's trash ads that have to be dealt with, and then there's then there's Majors, and then there's a boss. That's pretty much it. There's a spectrum of enemy that's pretty much present in all of the content, and your primary weapon is built for the trash ads. So if you go in there with your hipfire grip and your... You're just your weird garbage roll. Like you're reloading really slow because you wanted extended mag on the hand cannon and then hip fire grip or whatever. And you're hip firing all the enemies instead of going for headshots. More than likely, you can mathematically argue that that's an inferior role. You would say it's not very good at killing the enemies quickly. It's not very good at killing the enemies and staying alive because like you're having to hide because you're reloading. You're not able to shoot back and stun the enemies. There's different things that are going to be happening that on paper you can make arguments like mathematical arguments about weapon efficiency, right? And so that that to me is 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 debatable. I think you could say no, there are actual trash rolls on a weapon. Now, once you get into like, well, I want Feeding Frenzy with Kill Clip, or I want Feeding Frenzy with Rampage, like, there's interchangeable pieces that are close. Well, then it comes down to personal preference, what you like, what you feel like handles better. Like when people were like, what should I put on my pulse rifle, my bygones, or my go figure? I said targeting adjuster, other people said counterbalance. I mean, that's going to just be up to the player at that point. I don't think you're going to see this humongous difference between counterbalance or targeting adjuster both are going to assist you with what the weapon does which is try to land shots on their heads you know that's what a pulse rifle is built for it was you know it's got that nice little 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 grouping so i would i would say there's debates to be had there about what is good or bad but then once you get to the tip of the the interchangeable quote-unquote good or god rolls then you can have a little bit of a discussion but there are trash bad just stupid rolls that you don't want you're like well this makes the gun less effective this this makes a precision weapon have less aim assist less range less you know less lethality and whenever you have that it's i think it's fair to say it's a bad roll djma 88 do you think it would have been a great idea to level up your guns by completing the forge over and over again doing this instead of master working or infusing well, I, to me, I, if you're, this is where this is where enhancement cores identity got screwed up, right? Enhancement cores should have been left titled masterwork cores, okay? And the mastery of a gun, you know, turning a gun masterwork, they could have had a whole process tied to it, you know, things that you're doing in the game that it makes sense like whether you're forging whether you're you know doing something for somebody and then you hand them the gun right like a quest for the gunsmith okay and then you're making the gun better with time with these with these bounties with you know whatever it is that you're doing that makes far more sense of the role of like mastery and masterworking and that's why enhancement cores getting renamed and being included in infusion is just it's always going to be one of the missteps that just wasn't needed because it confuses the process of mastery of an item and and i think it would have been cooler to be like okay masterwork cores and mods and stuff that's something that you can get from the gunsmith regularly as a source of investment in your weapons and your armor and so then you feel like this sense of 
oh, this is investment in the gear. This makes the gear stronger to a certain degree, right? You're not, like, making your gear broken, you know? So, is this a good roll for the half-dan? Accurized rounds, drop mag, outlaw kill clip? Um, I think drop mag with rampage is the best roll for the half-dan. And the reason is, is that drop mag doesn't hurt an auto-rifle. Drop mag can hurt a hand cannon if you're not paying attention. Before you know it, you're at, you're really low on ammo. The, the auto rifles have so much on reserve. Uh, it's not something that you have to worry about, right? It's you're not like, oh no, I you know I reloaded too early or whatever. And then the reason that drop mag pairs so well with rampage is it lets you you know it gives you that nice uh, that nice fast reload to keep rampage going. You know you keep ram you put rampage spec on there and. You're gonna. You, you don't need counterbalance on the half end because it shoots so slow. So I would. I would even wager to say you know rampage spec would be great on a half dan because once the half dan has you know rampage times three, it's a very viable viable auto rifle for end game. But just like the breakneck, the half dan needs to be all the way ramped up to feel like a strong strong weapon. Sasquatch, do you think Bungie will continue to lean more towards? In, in intentionally uh, intentionality and seasonal pinnacle weapon grinds that are just pure RNG. On one side, I think the game needs more like the grinds for the breakneck and the forge weapons. However, uh, I too much of it could lessen the surprise of the moments of getting something cool or more quickly dishearten players to do the intentional grind and just continually get what they want from drops that are specific. Yeah, this is a good question because I think there's 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 a time and a place for both, right? I think there's a time and a place to be like, if you do this thing, that's going to spit this weapon out, and it's a, it's a, it's an exotic quest, or it's a, it's a pinnacle weapon quest, and it's a, you know, like the breakneck. I think there's a time and a place for that. I think maybe they should be a little bit longer, or maybe not so strong. You know, breakneck and the Thunderlord are good examples of weapons that took you know, almost no effort to get. And whenever you're grinding for them, it's, it's just a matter of going through the motions, right? Well, and then on top of that, it didn't really require you to do anything specific. So people just went into Gambit and just freaking, you know, macroed or AFK their way through Gambit. That's why, you know, just getting forge completions for the modulus reports, you know, they capped modulus reports. That might be one reason why, you know, just to keep people from, you know, there's a limit. You AFK on your eighth, after your eighth AFK run through the forge, you're not getting, you know, modules reports. Oh, well, you can get those cool guns, right? The Swift Ride, the Galliard, etc. That's not that big of a deal, you know? So having intentionality versus RNG, I think there's a time and a place for it. I think people respond better to intentionality that's mixed with RNG, which is what the Ada bounties represent, I think. I think the I think the Ada bounties represent intentionality with RNG. You know what you're going for. You know about how long it takes to get it. You kind of settle into a grind. You kind of settle into like a rhythm of like, okay, I'm gonna be going for you know the orchid or the the hammerhead or whatever it is you're going for. You know you're getting it at a certain interval, and then when you're getting it at that interval, you, the, the RNG applies. And I think that's the best mixture. And the reason that's the best mixture is because when you do it that way, people are doing two things. They're pursuing, they're pursuing weapons 
and they're having that elation of surprise, right? There's two things active there. There's this grind. There's this, I'm in the game. I'm doing the thing. I'm shooting the bodies. I'm, I'm popping the heads. And then there's the elation of, I got it. I got the role I needed. It's just, how satisfying was it, if we're honest, when you're like, oh, I got my breakneck. It's more of like a, oh, finally, gee, many Christmas. Like, I'm done doing the 40 games for breakneck. You know, I'm, that, it just turns into like a feeling of more of like satisfaction by way of exhaustion instead of elation and surprise from that pursuit, that chase. So I think you we want more chase, more RNG, but when you when it's mixed with intentionality. The the contrast I would draw is this, okay? There's a spectrum of RNG. If you're playing Gambit, you might get a trust. You might not. You might get any other piece of gear to drop. You even get armor to drop when you're playing Gambit. When you do get the trust, you might get a decent roll, okay? There's like multiple layers of RNG there, right? When you are grinding for a nightfall specific reward okay the drop rate's not guaranteed but it gets better with time so you know after you know five or seven nightfalls one's gonna drop and you know what's dropping it's not like four or five weapons can drop from the nightfall you know the weapon that's dropping so there's intentionality and then the rng is is less layered but it's still layered okay when you do an ada bounty an ada bounty has no layers of rng you do the forge, you get the modulus reports, you buy the frame, you fill the frame, you go and complete the frame, you get the gun. The only layer of RNG on Ada's bounty is literally the role that you get. So that's sort of the spectrum of how they how they have it set up. There's extreme RNG, like multi-layered RNG like in Gambit. Then there's like two layers of RNG in a nightfall, right? You, it, it's, you know it's going to drop, but it's not guaranteed. So there's like the, 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 that, that thin layer of, eh, it'll drop when it drops. It gets a little bit better with time. And then there's literally no layers of RNG with Ada's grind. Personally, right, if you've pulled the community, and this is just me kind of just temporarily guessing what the community would say, I think more people would say give me, with respect to RNG grind, give me Ada Bounty style. Give me that. Which is why I think the Drifter should be just every week he should have a bounty for a gun or two, and then that's the featured gun, or that's the featured gun and armor piece from Drifter, and then you can go for it. The reason that's so important is with random rolls, like if you wanted a full gambit set, over time you could grind for the full gambit set. Each week there's an armor piece you can go for, so you can get the reload you know, let's say you really like using the breakneck. Well, you want a pair of gauntlets that gives you the auto rifle reload. So when he's got gauntlets for the week, you just keep grabbing the bounty for gauntlets from him, and eventually you're going to get the roll that you want. That, to me, is the future, because what that does is it takes the, I want to look a certain way, I want freedom with my cosmetic appearance, and it gives you the ability to really lean into that. Because right now it's like, oh, I got gauntlets and they have the they have the perks that I like, but I think they're freaking hideous, right? You don't need transmog if people can have intentional loot pursuit 
like Ada's bounties offer. Same thing with the guns. I just think there are people that would say that that trust is dope. I really want the trust. I'm going to grind for one this week because the drifter has one. Instead of feeling somewhat powerless, like, man, I'd grind for a trust if I could go for one, a waking vigil, tiger spite, whatever the weapon is. But there's zero intentionality. So the mixture of intentionality and RNG, I think, is at a perfect, is in perfect, is a perfect mixture in harmony with the way that Ada's bounties are set up. And I would love to see that come uh, to other NPCs and other other loot pools. Force Knight. I know Feeding Frenzy is the go-to reload perk for some weapons. Well, there's only a couple that get it. There's two primaries and then machine guns. What's your opinion on drop mag? I think it's an underrated perk because you're sacrificing ammo in the mag, but it opens a trait perk like rangefinder or under pressure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you don't need Outlaw or Feeding Frenzy, yeah, it opens up so you can get a trait perk. So I do think drop mag is somewhat underrated so like on this weapon that i'm using right now this orchid i have surrounded and rampage and i have a surrounded you know mod on now the surrounded mod is super contextual right and so is surrounded i have to almost use the hand cannon like a shotgun i gotta barrel stuff everybody to get close to them and then that proc surrounded that's kind of a weird way of using a hand cannon but it's a pretty good example of when that's why everybody wants the kill clip rampage orchid because drop mag frees you up to get up you know a perk combination on the orchid you're not like well i don't have outlaw you know let's imagine orchid could get feeding frenzy well you don't need feeding frenzy or outlaw because you're using drop mag and then that frees the weapon up in a way that you know other other guns can't uh, can't do because other weapons are you have to use outlaw or rampage I'm sorry outlaw or feeding frenzy because and there's only there's only two primary weapons that can get feeding frenzy so generally you're chasing outlaw was if that's all you're chasing think about it like this I should have made this point in perk diversity and the perk diversity talk this is a good point you're it's like a low key we're low key static role right now we're very low key static role if you feel you need outlaw or feeding frenzy you need something that makes the reload quicker we're not really chasing random rolls we're chasing a, a margin of what is almost like a static roll and then once you get that once you get the you know the proper pieces then you're basically done that's why perk diversity is so important because to a certain degree we're still we're still in a certain measure we're going for static roles. We're going for roles on guns that the guy next to us has, and then we all end up having the same basic roles. Versions of some type of a reload modifier uh, or a damage modifier, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's another thing why you want to see... I think that's why you want to see other things come to the game, like elemental perks, Right? So then you're not chasing that static role where we're all using hand cannons with with Rampage and Outlaw or Rampage and Feeding Frenzy. No, there could be there could be hand cannons with completely new elemental perks that we've never seen before that interacts with Dragonfly or interacts with Void and Solar in completely different ways and ways that we've never seen before. And your efficiency is still the same. You're still killing ads about as fast as you possibly can, but you feel different. Onslaught feeling different than, you know, a Feeding Frenzy Rampage hand cannon is nice. It's a nice change of pace. T. Price. With the idea of allowing elemental weapons in the primary slot, how would you balance kinetic weapons uh, in those slots? My suggestion would be to 
big damage increase against non-shielded enemies but and perhaps even bosses so that when you still have uh, you still have an incentive to run a kinetic if you want to um, without being punished for running elemental one instead here's the thing I, I, I think you may be misunderstanding what I'm saying I don't want there to be like I don't want nation of beasts to be up here in this slot and it be elemental and the warden's law not be elemental that's not what I'm asking. I think every weapon in the primary slot should be. They should all be. Have a random element applied to them. Because having an element on your gun doesn't give you that huge of a benefit. So it would still function as a kinetic weapon. It would still function within the framework of like crit bonuses and stuff. That would be, that would be I think, a better avenue to go. Because then the guns would feel different according to the perks, right? So, a Warden's Law could have Arc on it, but it's still built for damage. It's still built with Feeding Frenzy and Rampage with Rampage spec. That gun is built for raw damage. It's a 110. But, another hand cannon you could have, let's say a 140 or a 150, it could be built for Elemental. So, it doesn't build for damage. Now, it might have Arc too. It has Arc on it as well, but it's built with Dragonfly and, like, Dragonfly, Dragonfly Chain. Like, a new, let's add a new mod that does Dragonfly Chain. Any enemies next to them gets, you know, a dragonfly curse put on them, and then if they get killed, they explode too, just like dragonfly. Right? Well, now I'm using two hand cannons in completely different ways. In the primary slot, they both have arc, but it doesn't matter. It's not like, oh, you need kinetic weapons. No, you don't. They could function the exact same way they function now. There's no reason to, like, oh, well, I'm going to use an elemental you know, primary, like the, like the nation of beasts, and I get less crit damage bonus, but I can, what, pop shields every once in a while? It's stupid. It's not even worth the trade. Oh, but it has dragonfly. Yeah, but again, like, dragonfly procs on a crit kill. Like, wouldn't you want the crit multiplier? It just, it feels convoluted. Like, the weapon system feels very, very convoluted for that reason. And I would love to see them take significant steps towards changing the way that primaries feel and I think that's one way you could do it Roger Young what do you think about a weapon slot system like this primary special and exotic instead of heavy Uh, there could be less exotic weapons overall but every single one could be very unique and strong weapons like the Huckleberry Merciless Sunshot and so on would just be pinnacle legendaries of course not for D2 but maybe for D3 this is another thing where I, you're just. This is my idea from another video. I don't know if you've seen it, but I literally said this in the exotic problem video, which is like my one of the most watched videos on my channel now. That video did very well. People really resonated with it because of what you're saying, right? Like the Huckleberry, the Merciless, the Sunshot, the Graviton Lance. They they could be legendary weapons. Tr- they truly could. They don't. They don't. They're not strong enough to be exotics, right? They don't change the nature of combat. They don't change the nature of your damage output or your efficiency at all. I argued that those perks should just be put into the game as pinnacle legendary perks. And you don't need to wait until D3. They could do it in the next season. They could do it in the next season. They could say, yeah, next season we've decided to start pulling from the exotic perk pool because so many of these weapons are underrepresented and nobody really uses them anyway. So we're, you know, we're pulling these, these, these perks out, whatever it was on the Graviton, cosmology or, you know, whatever the frick. Um, That's what I would do. I would start taking things into that, into that, that lane. So the... Because the main reason you can make this argument now, the main reason you can make it is the Huckleberry is a weaker version of 
the uh it's a, like a weaker version of the breakneck and the breakneck's legendary right the huckleberry just feels weaker than the breakneck and the breakneck's legendary the breakneck is going to be the go-to linchpin argument point to make that you could take a ton of those exotics and turn them into uh legendaries and if you don't turn them into legendaries rename the perk make it a little less strong like slightly less strong and slap it on a pinnacle legendary weapon people would chase the crap out of weapons that essentially have sunshot merciless and you know huckleberry and and graviton lance perks if everybody kind of knew oh this is like a little baby this is like a little brother to the graviton lance people would chase the crap out of that because it would give them freedom in their loadout and we'd feel saucy and strong uh sasquatch what's your opinion on iron banner it seems to be in a weird place where it's a limited time pvp activity but it's treated like a catch-up activity for low power players but those players are at a disadvantage for being a low power player uh, and for being a limited endgame PvP activity, there's no enhanced perks on the armor. Iron Banner is just all sorts of conflict, like con- contradiction. And you've outlined it. I outlined exactly what you just said yesterday. I was like, it doesn't make any sense to be like, hey, here's an avenue for you to level up, everybody who's not leveled up. Okay, great, let me go in there. Oh, by the way, the 20% of the community that's max power right now, they're going to have a power advantage over you. Oh, say what now? Like, oh, so I'm going to go in here to try to level up. And leveling has been a pain point in the community. It's been a frustration in the community because when Black Armory launched, nobody was nobody was max power. So they're trying to streamline power leveling. And streamlining power leveling is meeting a pain point in the community. And that pain point is that people are not at max power. And so they go into a, uh, a, a free and limited time PvP event and they're weaker. Now, if people want to argue about it's not that big of a deal, it's not that strong of a difference, we can have that argument, right? We can discuss what the percentages are, but the perception of the player has to be considered. It has to be considered. People are looking at, you know, people are looking at their their experience and they know I'm dying faster because I'm weaker. The the power advantage... I've said this a lot lately. It is one of the dumbest ideas I have ever heard of in a PvP environment. You fight for balance. You fight for perks and exotics. Like People in the same breath will be like, this gun is broken. One-eyed mask is broken. You know, this is too strong. That's too strong. And then in the next breath, they'll be arguing for power advantage in PvP. I'm like, what the frick kind of schizophrenic argument are you making? Like, do you want it to be balanced or do you not? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We completely just burn the idea in a fire of power advantages in, in Crucible. It's stupid. All you're doing is, is making people's experience, like, go go down in their perception. Even if it's not dramatically changing their experience, it doesn't matter. Their perception is that I'm dying a lot because I'm not max power, which is just another demotivator to play. Right? And that's not what we want. Oh, what about the people that hit max power? This again is where spectrum of reward, spectrum of difficulty could come into play. If you hit 650, maybe there's cooler bounties you can get from, uh, you know, from Saladin. You, you can get cooler bounties from him, and when you do that, there's cooler drops, there's better drops. I don't know. Give them something that's unique to getting to that max power so that they're going into Iron Banner and they're doing different things or getting different things instead of just being like, well, the only thing we can really give you as a reward for max power is that you're stronger than other people. So, great question. It's from Sasquatch there. Melodic Gamer, while I agree about pulling exotic perks and putting them on pinnacle legendary weapons 
would you rather pull dumbed down exotic perks from D1 like a machine gun with the super good advice that just reloads the weapon from reserves whenever you land a headshot um the reloading from reserves every time you land a headshot wasn't the super good advice that was the legendary machine gun from wrath of the machine super good advice put gun put bullets back in that missed as far as i recall I, unless i'm completely misremembering how the super good advice worked super good advice was very very inaccurate and the bullets would the bullets had like a weird spray pattern and if bullets missed they would go back into the mag I, I, I thought that's how that weapon worked and then the crits going back into the mag was the the machine gun from Wrath of the Machine so someone in chat can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm fairly certain that's how it worked now as far as pulling that stuff forward most of the most of the, 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 the exotics and the perk ideas of exotics have come forward it's just that not a lot of them just ever feel like being used because you're again there's a ceiling on how fast you can kill like if there's three tiers of enemies right and bosses and mini bosses are tier three and tier two is majors and shielded enemies and tier one is trash ads right there's a ceiling on how fast you can kill you know tier one and tier two you can only kill an ad so fast like it's a two tap or a one tap right like you're popping thralls and acolytes in the head and you're generally killing them in one shot right once I get rampage proc'd in here, I generally, you know, shoot those those orange bar and the and the exploder shanks. Two shots, maybe three. You you th- to get much faster than that. I mean, if you if you give me an exotic hand cannon that just one taps everything, unless it's got a shield or if it's a major, that just feels almost ludicrous. Like then what do you do? That's literally the best primary, right? How do you iterate beyond that? So if everything sort of stays in that in that around that ceiling of anywhere from one to three shots to kill a trash ad, and obviously the best weapons used in the best ways, right? Like a really strong hand cannon landing headshots is going to be killing most trash ads in one shot. Uh, then as long as it's staying in that lane, you just need to iterate on that lane. What are other ways we can make primary weapons fun? And I think that's when things like Desperado, Magnificent Howl, and onslaught are born out of that Ecal says at the start of the gamut game the drifter sometimes says you're fighting hive bring a sword thoughts on having some weapons being intrinsically more lethal lethal at fighting specific enemies but does not take availability away from other weapons you know it's funny you bring this up the first time he said that I thought maybe it was a secret I thought oh what if the boss when it's hive is a hive boss and he's more susceptible to sword damage or something i thought maybe that was a hint right i think it's just a reference to crota but it gets in an idea that i think is worthy of potentially being added to the game why not make certain guns better at killing certain enemies you know hand cannon should be really good against cabal because you want hard hitting precision weapons against heavily armored enemies you know but then the fallen what if you know auto rifles were really strong against the fallen and the reason for that is they're agile they kind of you know they're kind of scrappy they kind of move around a lot um you know and then that would give you a reason to use auto rifles against the fallen not that a hand cannon would be bad against the fallen but there would be like a clear maybe like a clear damage buff now i don't think this is necessary because again unless you're going to suddenly make the hand cannon bad against fallen it's still going to be a potential, you know, viable option, right? 
it's still a viable option. It's still a weapon that can kill, you know, adds at, at, at a certain interval of, of speed. So why would you switch to an auto rifle against the fallen if the if the hand cannon's doing the job? Well, you might just because you know, oh, this is going to be as strong as a pinnacle hand cannon, and I miss using auto rifles. You know, it just gives player volition a little bit more of a, a you know turn up on the dial. You know, because that would be oh, this this raid is fallen, this nightfall is fallen, and that might adjust your loadout, when right now what typically people do is, is they just go with their their static primary that they use for virtually all content, right? People give me crap because they always talk about the Warden's Law, but like, that's my baby, that's my gun, right? Midnight Coup for a lot of other people's, like a lot of other people that play. It's like, that becomes their static primary weapon that they use in all content, it, you know, it wouldn't be bad if there was incentive to maybe use a little something different, a little, little something else, you know, here and there, you know. Or at the very least, feel like, oh, auto rifles have a purpose. <laughs> auto rifles have a purpose. Um, it, this game really loves giving me Surrounded on the uh, on the Kindled Orchid. It really loves to give it to me. It does, it does indeed. Next question. Two crabs. Do you think the last word question end up giving us the catalyst as well, like the Polaris Lance? I feel like the kill tracker would be cool on all exotics, catalyst or not. Well, I, the, I don't know if catalyst is going to be a permanent fixture in the game. Okay? If you think about the exotics that they added this time around, there doesn't appear to be a catalyst for the Thunderlord. There doesn't appear to be a catalyst for the 1K voices. Um... I'm trying to think of other exotics that they've added. Uh, the Monarch, and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. There doesn't appear to be a catalyst for those. Catalyst, to me, felt like a reaction. It felt like a, we need something to make the game saucy, so let's add catalyst. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but what that means is, yeah, Ace of Spades doesn't have a catalyst. It doesn't necessarily mean that because they were reactionary back then <clears throat> that we're not going to get Catalyst, but they don't feel necessary right now. Catalyst filled filled a vacancy. People need something to chase, you know. Okay, uh, what if, you know, mods on weapons is coming? What if there was basically a mod on a exotic called the Catalyst, you know? Do you think Catalyst were an attempt to try and address power creep by making exotic stronger? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a multifaceted thing. They were like, we're bringing stronger weapons into the game. We know we're going to shift some things around. So let's add some Catalyst so that, you know, maybe somebody works really hard to get the Catalyst on the, the Huckleberry or the Graviton Lance. And then they almost feel motivated now to use that gun because they've invested in it. And because it's a little bit stronger than it was out of the box. The problem is, is even with the Catalyst, most of those weapons just aren't strong enough to justify use. So. Jur Fusion. I think the problem is that other perks on weapons can be as good, uh, or maybe I think you need to be, can't be as good, as a damage modifier plus a reload modifier. But they just need to be brought up to said level. What are your thoughts on that? Right, and this is where elemental perks could play a role. If you got, you know, Dragonfly, <clears throat> and you knew you could put a mod on the weapon called Dragonfly Chain, well then, you don't necessarily need Rampage and Outlaw, or Rampage and Feeding Frenzy. Dragonfly is saucy, and he made it even saucier, you know, it's a little bit bigger, it's a little bit stronger. 
Uh, you know, my idea for incendiary rounds. You know, you, you hit enough crit shots and then you get those incendiary rounds. Now, somebody's going to be like, well, aren't you still going to want something like Outlaw if you're hitting those those crits? You know, you're going to want to be able to reload the gun faster. That's something that's just like a natural desire in the player base. Well, again, what if... What if the pinnacle version... What if the pinnacle version of a new hand cannon had Dragonfly, and Dragonfly Chain was the pinnacle perk. It wasn't a mod, right? Dragonfly was a, was was on the gun, and then it had a synergistic perk called Dragonfly Chain. Well, then they could introduce a mod for quick reload. Do you see what you're doing? You're still increasing the reload, but you're chasing a completely different role, and that role makes the gun behave differently. You know, if you're hitting Dragonfly on these guys, for example, and getting Dragonfly Chain, most of them would already be dead. Now, you're you're not much faster than me because I'm still I'm still plowing through them and you know hitting one shot at a time because I got Rampage times three and now they're all dead. That wasn't significantly challenging. But if I came in here and killed them in virtually the same amount of time, but I used Dragonfly and Dragonfly Chain, well. Now again, it's just a matter of feeling cool and having preference and having diversity. Everybody's running around with Rampage and Feeding Frenzy, Rampage and Outlaw. If somebody's got Dragonfly spec, I'm sorry, Dragonfly chain, and this guy's got incendiary rounds, and I've got, um, I don't know, maybe there's something they could do with explosive rounds. And there's three different hand cannons firing away, all doing different things. That feels cool because then you might be like, ooh, I like that. I'm going to go chase that roll. That guy's got explosive rounds, and on a crit kill, he gets mini wolf pack rounds off the kill. I don't know, something crazy like that. Well, yeah, there you go, you know. Again, that's diversity and power banging on all cylinders, which is why right now, periodically, you'll be running around and you hear somebody, you know, ripping off shots with an onslaught and it's it's cool it's exciting you know it's like ooh that guy's that guy's using the onslaught you know same thing with desperado and magnificent howl and other perks like that when you see i saw i saw somebody it was a recording or a stream or a youtube video something somebody was using a luna's howl or a not forgotten in pve and i was like man that gun looks fun like just the way that it shot the way that it handled knowing that they're getting that damage bonus like i I don't know there was something really really saucy about the gun made me want one now it didn't make me want one strong enough to go put up with a crap and comp but if, if there's guns like that in the game, it gets people's attention. One of the guns that, that frustrates me the most is the, you know, the, the Claymore. I can't bring myself to grind PvP for it, but man, I would love to have, you know, a, a pulse with Desperado. That'd be really, really fun. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Desperado gets, gets pushed down into the main perk pool of pulses in the future, just because that gun's already faded in people's memory, you know? Jerka Jerka says outlaw or feeding frenzy on primary weapons. Feeding frenzy is superior. Feeding frenzy is superior. We should check that username and see if it's legitimate. Might be a brand new account. Seems like they were trying to pull a old Seymour butts prank on me. You know, trying to get me to say a uh, a, a a nasty combination because they're ten. Um, Mr. Sanch says, what about weapon perks that pair with armor perks? Uh, using the example of surrounded creating an explosion like like uh, like I did a little bit ago uh, what if when you get a kill with surrounded and you're wearing feedback fences it activates the explosion of the exotic perk would that bring would pairing perks like this work well here's the thing the reason I think that would struggle to get traction 
right? The reason that would struggle to get traction is because exotics right now are so strong, right? They're so strong. If you use, uh, you know, Orpheus rigs or uh, one-eyed mask or you use shards, right, of Galanor, they're so strong. I don't know if anybody's going to swap for what would probably feel like a gimmick. Uh, thanks for coming from the YouTube videos, by the way. If you guys are here right now from the YouTube vids, if you've come over from the podcast or whatever, I appreciate you doing that. Thanks for being here. But remember to click the follow button. That's the heart button. That is a free and easy way to support my content. Uh, and that makes sure that you don't miss these talks and, and conversations. I stream during the day, 7 a.m. Eastern uh, into the evening. So follow me on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, a lot of people coming over from the YouTube. It's very cool to see. So, yeah, the, the, the damage benefit or strength benefit here would be really hard, I think, for somebody to put down. Like, if you're enjoying Ophidius Space with Knife Trick, are you going to put that down to get, like, I don't know, something goofy? Now, if you targeted token and, 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 and favorite exotics, right? Like, if you targeted Ophidius Space, if you targeted... Uh, Orpheus rigs or Luna faction boots and you said here's a new legendary weapon that when paired with these does something really neat right PVZ bro thank you for the brand new prime sub a lot of people using their prime subs welcome to the rageless I appreciate that support um what if you had like a perk on an auto rifle that if you use this auto rifle in a Luna faction rift like if you're wearing Luna faction every round is an explosive round well, that's freaking stupid, right? That would break PvP, but um, <laughs> that would be something just off the top of my head that would be cool. Like, you're leaning into existing perks that we all know are favorites, and you're making them even cooler with, you know, with a, with a legendary, you know? Now, maybe you could do something like that with an exotic. Again, it would really have to be... I don't... I just don't know if exotic primaries and energy weapons are ever going to get a lot of use because that we are at we are at the pinnacle speed of killing ads with legendary weapons now that's the problem with exotics in general in the primary or the secondary slot nobody is struggling to kill trash ads and majors nobody nobody's like man i could really use an exotic for these trash ads it's not a pain point. So even though people come up with like crazy ideas for exotics or like we just did, right? All we end up doing is is potentially breaking PvP and not killing trash ads, majors, or shielded enemies any faster than we already are. We are at the ceiling. That's why I think legendary pinnacle weapons is the key. We need more breaknecks. We need more trench barrel. We need more desperado, magnificent howl because... We're, since we're at the ceiling, just keep giving us guns at the ceiling that feel cool, look cool, sound cool, and act cool. Like, that's what people want, you know? As long as you match that ceiling, then I think people would be totally fine with it. But when an exotic comes out that just matches the existing damage ceiling and add efficiency that we are already at, you just end up feeling like, why on, on earth would I equip this? So, Sasquatch. What do you see Bungie making uh, of the old content, like raids, relevant again? It's more of a question of when than if. As far as Destiny 1 content goes, I have predicted 
that the annual pass, we're now in 2019, so I can say this year, at the end of this year, 2019, there'll be a new annual pass that will start in December. I believe that annual pass, annual pass number two, will be bringing back the old raids probably through the Infinite Forest or something. I don't know if they can bring back the old planets because of memory issues on the consoles. Hopefully they could, that'd be awesome. But if they can't, I could see them bringing back the old raids with the Infinite Forest. Then they could do something really cool that I talked about in other videos, like you could have a dark future version of Vogue. You could have uh, a past version of Wrath of the Machine where the Archon Priest Axis, he's not completely infected with SIVA yet, right? And so the guns are different. The fights are a little bit different. You could do what they do with the Dreaming City, right? Every week, the Infinite Force kind of malfunctions, and we go into dark futures or old past versions of the raid that have different fights, different weapons available, things like that. So, like, there's a dark there's a dark future version of the Fatebringer. It handles different. It looks a little bit different. Put pinnacle roll on it. Put random rolls on it. I'd kind the frick out of that. So would you. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine a different version of the Genesis chain, and you can grind a weird version of Wrath that's like... I don't know. Instead of servitors coming out, maybe the Iron Lords come out because we haven't killed them yet, right? I still think that was a huge missed opportunity with Wrath of the Machine. I don't know why we didn't fight the Iron Lords in the raid, but whatever. So, that to me is a huge potential for the next annual pass. And the reason, and the reason that somebody's like, why would you want the old raids, right? It makes no story sense. It would be fun. You could say, lore-wise, we're going into the Infinite Forest and we're trying to get different weapons for different potential futures that we may go and fight because the weapons would have, you know, they would be more, they would be stronger or considered built for that dark future, right? Whatever the case may be. And then when you do that, number one, it's more substantive than this annual pass. It is recycled content, but it's more substantive. And when people when people are saying, okay, it's just recycled content, it's just recycled content, number one, you have to remember what the annual pass is. It's not built to be a substantive DLC. It's not built to be a, you know, a a, a big long story. It's built to kind of drip feed content to get you to the next thing. And if that's the send-off for Destiny 2, just like Age of Triumph, I don't remember a single person complaining about the recycled content for, for Age of Triumph. People are like, frick yes, let's go into Vogue. Let's go into Kingsfall. Oh my gosh, that armor looks amazing. Holy crap. Like, oh, oh, oh. Like, it was all praise. That was the that was a golden era for Destiny, and I feel like we could have another one of those. And that would set things up really well with community reception, community morale, as they start to coast the plane towards destiny 3 which would be in 2020 so an age of triumph was free that's true that is true um but still i i still think with with how things are now with how things are now and how they've kind of structured the annual pass i don't think anybody would say this isn't substantive enough. I think they'd be like, this is excellent. I even think people would say this is better than the first annual pass, right? Now, a lot of people might say, what about the casuals? What about the casuals? They don't really raid. You got to remember that the drip feed content's built to be end game extension and it's not built to be, you know, specifically for casuals. Accessibility is key, right? Which is why I talked about having different difficulty levels of uh, the, the, the forges. 
excuse me, different difficulty levels of the forges because, and the reason we said that was that it gives accessibility, but it also invests in the end game. Like once you're max level doing forges at 650 would be more enjoyable because you would feel like, oh, there's better rewards now that I'm doing it at 650. I don't know if you could do that with the old raids though. Vog and Kingsfall and Wrath and Crota are still going to be tough for the casual player to number one, get in there and try it. And number two, it just, it takes a six-man team. It's just one of those things that has consistently been something that casual players have struggled uh, to get into. There's a lack of matchmaking. Even if there was matchmaking, there'd be so many people in the matchmaking that would ruin the experience for you. You know, there's a lot of things they'd have to consider. If the primary piece of that annual pass was raids, that might that might backfire a little bit because accessibility would be like, what did I pay for, Right. Now, I'm not saying we cater to the casuals, but you got to have something for the people that don't really raid because we know statistically there's a lot of them. And that might be that might be a bad send off for the content as well. I think with Age of Triumph, nobody really cared because it was like anybody playing at that point was a hardcore player anyway. And, you know, it was free. So it wasn't like I spent money on this and I can't even do the content like it was free. So there wasn't a lot of cause for complaint at that point. Um... King D says, how would you feel about a fusion rifle with a perk along the lines of sleeper, of course, toned down, but like two beams instead? I mean, why not Why not really just swing for the fences here and do a trace fusion rifle that you charge and does kind of like, like, uh, that's kind of what I envision the the 1k voices is kind of a hybrid between a trace rifle and a fusion rifle because it's like, eat but then it's done and then you know it kind of does what a trace rifle does it's a beam of damage and then it and then it does like explosive damage you could do a nice little hybrid of you know a fusion rifle and a trace rifle because then you've got this this really really unique and pinnacle weapon and then well why would i use it i don't know maybe it's strong maybe it's awesome maybe as long as you land the full beam on a on a on a major it functions at the same efficiency as a shotgun but it handles differently and it has better range you know i pull out a fusion it's legendary i charge it and it does like this it does a bolt fire fusion shot but it's also a beam at the same time like that i don't know that off the top of my head is 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 really really neat and would be fun also just trace rifles in general should be in the game as legendary some of their they're a cool futuristic style weapon that is locked into three exotics that get underrepresented the cold heart player uh, the 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 Prometheus lens and then the whatever the frick the exclusive one is right so I don't know I I think there's a lot that can be done with trace rifles as well as fusions in that lane and also a uh, I've said before a fusion railgun so that the charge is on a different end so the railgun and quake you would it would shoot right away and then it would have to charge back up so instead of you charging up a crooked fang and letting the shot go, it would be like a sniper, but it would have unique perks. You could do different versions of fusion rails that would feel like a sniper and maybe have a purpose as a secondary weapon. Like you pull it out, you hit one, maybe it chains to others, maybe it blinds, suppresses, dot, whatever kind of damage you want to do, but it's immediate. It's boom, and then it charges up. Boom and then it charges up so you just put the charge time on the other end to give it like this immediacy and this snappy feel 
These are all weapon ideas that would be fun for them to make, and I'm sure even if there was somebody here right now on the weapon scene, they'd be like, oh, that's a cool idea, I'm gonna jot that down. They may not be able to do that right now. At the very least, they need to make fusion rifles significantly stronger, come up with perks like Reservoir Burst, and then put them on a gun that it actually makes sense on. Like, Reservoir Burst should be paired with loaded, um, I'm sorry, um, it should be paired with auto-loading holster and backup plan. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to pull that gun out with that slow charge time. If you pulled it out and could rip off two shots, that would get the benefit of both Reservoir Burst and Backup Plan. Like, you'd get, like, two two real quick shots off that would kind of get those two benefits. Well, then it would feel like a unique weapon. Because then you would, you know, auto-load, holster it, put it away, pull it out, boom, boom. Rip off two quick fusion shots, bust some majors, clear some ads, and then go on your merry way. But instead, it just feels like a silly weapon that, you know, oh, it's good in PvP. Uh, Well, again, the loaded question was a Vanguard pinnacle weapon. It should be good in in PvE better than it is now. Corrin74, you think legendaries drop too often? No, not with random rolls. I certainly don't think that. With random rolls on the potential armor pieces that you're getting as well as the guns, I don't think legendaries drop too often at all. Uh, Billboard Billy. Where do you think would be the best place to put mods? Uh, where, if we wanted specific one, we could farm for it. Uh, I think they're missing an opportunity in two places. Number one, if they had harder difficulty forges and then bounties at, with Ada, so you'd have to do like 650 forges and they'd be pretty freaking tough. Have bounties that only can be done in 650 forges that then drop specific mods each week. She could feature four each week, and you could get a guaranteed one of those mods per week, like the Surrounded, Rampage, Spec, Dragonfly. Gives you that intentionality. You can at least get one of the ones you want, right? And then the the gunsmith should just have bounties that drop mods. You know? Like, they should, he should just have bounties that drop mods. And then that would empower you to get mods and mod components. Or maybe he just has bounties to give you mod components. <clears throat> because mod components don't have a farm either. There's no farm for mod components. Where are you going to go get them? I don't. There's not a place to do it. You can like do the the, the cheese with collections, but that's corny. I would think you'd want a, an intentional farm for both the old mods, mod components, as well as those new mods. It's a pretty imbalanced system too. If you look at my inventory, I play a disproportionate a, a, a disproportionate amount, but you would be a smaller ratio of this. I have almost 400 black armory schematics and only 90 mod components. There's a huge dissonance there. I'm getting black armory schematics, you know, hand over fist, but like mod components, yeah, you can buy mod components, but they're pricey, man. It's just, even with my almost limitless resources, there's a dissonance in the economy and that trickles down to the more casual player and is more pronounced on the more casual player. If I decide to really roll the dice, I could go buy a bunch of mod components, really take my legendary shards and gunsmith materials down really, really low, and just buy a bunch of mods from her, even though it gets pricier and pricier and pricier when I do it. Well, I mean, I'm bypassing that pain point, and even still, there's a dissonance. So... Next question from Rectastic. I like all the ideas of these pushback perks, ETC, and all the ideas you've been coming up with. However, what would be the difference between a 150 hand cannon with a new perk and another 150? Just feels like the guns become irrelevant in some way, uh, and we're still going for perks. That's kind of the point that I've been getting at. 
when you are using a 1K voices, when you're using an, uh, uh, a breakneck with Onslaught, whenever you're using a weapon like that, the weapon is there, and it certainly is part of the satisfaction, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way ADS pulls up, the, the rhythm, the sound, right? I love using a Badlander because it's just got that coom, coom, coom sound. It just sounds big. It even and there's the faint sound of metal on metal from like the hammer or the or the chamber. There's like this coom coom coom, and internally there's like this ting ting ting. Beautiful sound design in the game, right? And that affects how the weapon feels. I think perks are a part of that. They're a thread of the experience. When you do that reload animation on the on the Ace of Spades, and then the Ace of Spades is like smoking from Memento Mori, and you know it's stronger, and you hear that extra ping, ping, ping on the on the Ace of Spades, that uh, that perk is part of why the gun feels good. The gun feels good because it looks cool, it's effective, the animation's saucy, the sound is good, and then Memento Mori and the animation and the smoke and everything is part of your your affinity for the weapon it makes the gun feel cool so i think we are chasing perks like if you're using a gun with dragonfly one here i'll give you an example i don't like using nation of beasts i think nation of beasts is one of the ugliest weapons with respect to when i'm holding it you know it just looks freaking ugly and it sounds terrible i go into you know, the last wish raid, I go down and I kill a hive god and I come out with a gun that sounds like a pea shooter. It's like pew, 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 pew. And it looks dumb too. Now it has dragonfly and dragonfly is awesome. You land a headshot and and you get that big, huge shot, you know, shockwave explosion. Then it's got outlaw. So you reload it. You know what I mean? You reload it really, really fast. That doesn't make up for the fact that I don't like the way the weapon looks. So there's just a lot of things I think that go into weapon affinity and weapon desire. And sometimes a weapon's just a weapon's recoil pattern will make you not want to use it. Just the recoil pattern, you're like, I don't like this gun. So when I'm chasing perks, perks are one piece of that too. It's like the, the way Onslaught feels, the way that the threat level feels, because I charge in, punch, and then start, you know, trying to get the, uh, trying to get the, you know, the, the, the trench barrel, and then I, you know, get my three shots, and then I try to proc it again, right? Well, whenever you're playing with that gun, that feels different than when I use the Badlander, you know? And I think that is something that is, that is important to remember, Desperado and Magnificent Howl when I've used I've seen people use those weapons they have a feel and a sauciness that is tied to the perk so I think perks are the key perks are the 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 way to make you chase something today there will not be a new forge no I think it's next week Mac 2099 trench barrel is such a great perk because it fits the identity of the gun what's an idea do you have in the same line crazier the better I mean, here's what I'm thinking with fusion rifles, right? The identity of a fusion rifle is like mid-range and you want that cone of the the bolts to land. You want that cone of bolts to land on the on the enemy. What if when you landed a, enough percentage of the cone, it supercharged the next shot, right? So you could like it would be like the merciless, but it wouldn't like increase the speed. It would just increase the damage of the next shot, kind of like a rampage and it would stag, right? Or maybe it would do like the Telesto effect. It would supercharge the next shot to be like a like a 
the bolts would be like they would stick to the enemy and give like that that lingered explosion so you would get extra damage so it would double the damage but it would double the damage if you you know you land a good shot you land a good cone well that would create this 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 fusion that would be like and then the next shot would be like and it'd be like crackly so there'd be like a difference between the shots like and it would be alternating between the two types only if you land enough of the bolts right you land enough of the bolts and it like supercharges the next shot so like the shots are alternating that'd be really fun and it would make the gun feel cool it would make the gun feel strong right you could use it on majors you could use it on guys with shields you could use it on ads you could use it on bosses and that damage buff and that fire rate change you would feel like this is a great mid-range weapon that when I land enough of the bolts, enough of the cone, I get a reward for, you know, increasing my damage and the efficiency of the weapon. And that would make you chase that fusion rifle. You're like, I want the pinnacle roll, man. I want that, like, periodic, like, telesto effect if I land enough of the cone. And the way that, like, secondary weapons land in the game, I I think a lot of people would really, really like that because it would feel like that really saucy barrel stuffer, shield popper, major buster. It would feel nice. It would feel like a good, good weapon. That's just, I mean, I literally just came up with that off the top of my head. I mean, I just think there's a lot of potential to take existing weapons and weapon types and just say, like you said, trench barrel is in the identity of a barrel stuff, high rate of fire weapon. What's within the identity of a precision weapon or like an elemental weapon, something that uses elemental damage. So you have a hand cannon that's elemental in its effect and its structure. And then you have a hand cannon that's damage in its structure. So like rampage and feeding frenzies built for damage, elemental like dragonfly and dragonfly chain, very, very different weapons, but they're both hand cannons. That's that 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 would be the route that I would take. I don't think we're ever gonna get this roll uh, on this orchid, um, and I really really want a bad news with outlaw. I just I can't get it. I would I would love to try it. I love one tens. Um, I know it would be inferior to the wardens, but I would still just be I would love to get that bad news with uh, with outlaw on it. Star Wars, uh, Star Walrus UK. Does Destiny 2 just need more perks? For example, D1 had Battle Runner, Grenadier, Army of One, Custom Optics, Focus Fire, Hidden Hand, Hot Swap, Icarus, Luck in the Chamber, Counterbalance, Replenish, Return to Sender, Rodeo, Single Point Sling, Spray and Play, Surplus, Third Eye, Vacuum, Tripod, Shoot to Loot. Oh yeah, Shoot to Loot the Ammo. That's a great list of perks that could come back in different forms, right? I don't, I don't know, like, luck in the chamber could have, you could, you could, that's where maybe the dragonfly chain could come from. One random, one random bullet in the chamber might proc dragonfly chain, and it kills the guy, and anybody touched by it just instantly, boom, 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 right? I don't know, you could do a lot with a lot of those perks. You know, grenadier could be a great perk for a grenade launcher, where maybe there's a pinnacle you know, grenade launcher and grenadier actually has one random grenade that shoots from the from the the gun that's your grenade, your class grenade. You know, I don't know. Like you could do a lot with these perks and just these perk names and and bring some of them back. There's a lot I think they could do. So this is a good example of why perks, perk diversity and perk depth is something that needs invested in 
that's how you make weapons feel different that's how you take drip feed content when you're only really adding weapons and armor and the, and the, and the content loop is is it's not super strong well then I think that's where you need people to feel like oh I can chase super unique perks strong perks whatever and then it gives you that sense of empowerment in your loot pursuit uh, I think that is that's an important thing for the game's future uh, Aerodynamic says, what uh, archetype of weapons would you like to see become the new meta? I'm going to keep uh, banging on the, the drum of bringing trace rifles into the game as legendaries. Uh, as legendaries. And I don't know if you can make certain gun types meta. You're never going to make scout rifles meta. The reason you can't make a scout rifle meta is because of the way they built the game. They built the game for double primary and the engagement levels of the enemies and like where they typically engage you and how agile they are, how aggressive they are. I'm not criticizing the design, but the design, it, you're, I don't think you're ever going to be like, yeah, my go-to primary is a scout. It just uh, my go-to primary is a scout. Now, I'm not talking PvP. Again, keep in mind here, I'm talking PvE. I don't think you can make scouts meta. Because they don't have enough universality, pulses and hand cannons just have very good uh, universality, and they're so they're you know they're they're more universal in their usage, and I think that's one of the reasons, right? That's one of the reasons people like the breakneck. The breakneck is in like that nice sweet spot where the mid aggressive range of the enemies in most encounters, yeah, breakneck's fine, especially once it gets ripping and tearing on the on the times three. Uh, rampage, you know. You mained a scout in D1? Well, think about this, Mel. I mained a scout in D1 until Rise of Iron. What happened in Rise of Iron? They developed an encounter that was bombastic and close, and it was saucy, and a, and a, and a hand cannon made more sense there, right? So in King's Fall, it made sense to use a, a scout, right? It was an encounter built for scouts a lot of the a lot of the strikes you could take a scout into in D1 and a scout was just fine it was a very different style of game destiny 2 almost took the combat style of wrath and put it everywhere think about the way we played wrath hand cannon and a high rate of fire shotgun and then an exotic heavy all of destiny 2 kind of feels like that i'm not complaining i loved wrath but what that creates is, oh, well, a scout's really nice in Shattered Throne. Okay, well, are you going to grind for a god roll scout for Shattered Throne? That's one of the reasons I love the final boss fight right now, and I love the new raid Scourge of the Past, because bows and scouts are getting used in there. There, there, there. It's a big, big, wide open engagements. It's like a Call of Duty map at the end, right? I mean, I'm, in, I'm in and on top of buildings. There's snipers. You know, the boss is kind of far away, and and the and the snipers are actually built for him. Snipers, uh, snipers, scouts, and bows are used by some people in that final fight, and I think that is where. I don't know if Bungie can ever make scouts meta, but they could certainly make encounters like King's Fall and Scourge, where there are times. Yeah, I'm going to get out a scout here. I'm going to get out a bow. I'm going to get out a sniper because the range of the engagement is so huge. And I think we see that in Scourge of the Past as well as Shattered Throne. The question is, does Bungie decide, hey, we need to develop a bunch of content that feels very scout reliant, very bow and sniper reliant, and then people will start using those weapons? I don't necessarily know if that's the answer. My personal opinion has been, 
when you use a sniper right now in PvE content, that is how strong a scout rifle should feel. That thing should be popping heads like it's nothing. It should it should be just ripping through any ad you shoot. Because if I'm going to run that drawn back in a lot of these encounters, you could very intentionally position yourself to make yourself scout efficient. For example, in this forge, I could kind of hang out on this platform and I could be using a scout rifle, right? But it's... They're, trash they are so weak you're never gonna do it if I'm gonna do it you have to reward me with efficiency well what will we do with snipers well I mean you need to make snipers like two to three times stronger than they presently are in PvE I'm not talking about PvP snipers are garbage in in PvE content as well there's almost no there's just so many places where you're like why am I why would I even use this right and that's one of the main dilemmas right now. So much of the game was developed for double primary that unless they intentionally develop a bunch of content that is structured differently, I don't think you're ever going to really feel that pull to pull out a scout unless they say, we just made scouts stupidly strong. And obviously with the scopes and the, and the, and the range of the weapons, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're not gonna use them everywhere. And when you do use them, you're gonna be more drawn back. Like you would have to change your play style. Like hand cannons are just in a, in a happy place. I'm at a nice, I'm at a nice range to use my melee ability on that guy. I can put, I get, get a little bit closer to that guy. I turn around. This guy's not too far away for me to melee and jump right into my, sh- my shotgun and then right back to my hand cannon efficiency range right? It just fits the play style of the game right now. Everything is agile. Everything is kind of pushing towards you. And I think that's exciting. I think that's better than just passively sitting back and like popping heads. But you could argue in some, in some encounters, some strikes, some raid encounters and stuff. If, if scouts were way stronger, I think you would see people using them. I actually don't use a scout in the final encounter at, uh, in Scourge of the Past. I use, um, I use the bow because I just feel like it's better. The bow doesn't knock them back. The scout's like pop, 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 and then it pushes them back, and I can't freaking see them. And I'm like, okay, I can't see the vandal to you know to get him to get the shots on him, the sniper. So I end up not liking a scout. A scout should be able to just one tap anything that's not a major, no questions asked. Like I don't care what the range is. Um, so. Uh, Alasis says, I totally agree with your idea about having mods change how perks work. What are your thoughts about including set style perks on select armor and weapons, similar to Diablo's set pieces to provide additional diversity? I feel this especially with armor, as currently I find armor to be uh, relatively unimpactful. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the armor doesn't do anything, right? The biggest change in your armor is reload speed on your gauntlets, and then what exotic are you wearing? That's it. Right? That's it. So, here's the only challenge with set bonuses, okay? It's a four-year-old franchise, and you're going to introduce an entirely new idea. That doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It doesn't mean they can't do it. That's just a challenge. Because what ends up happening is you basically take everything we've grinded for, every piece of armor we have, everything that we like, every armor set that we've kind of, you know, went after and made builds out of, and um, I just got the Trinity Ghoul on the ground. Thanks for a weapon. Saw an exotic on the ground and got excited and it's Trinity Ghoul. Yeah, reset did happen, so we might as well include this in the talk. Um, I don't know if the if the nightfalls are gonna change until I go 
are these the same ones as last week? Warden of Nothing, Garden World, and Arms Dealer? I think those are updated, so it seems like Warden of Nothing... Uh, it seems like Warden of Nothing got a repeat again. It looks like it got another repeat week. They did that the last time we had a Warden of Nothing uh, strike. We'll have to see what chat says if those are... Uh, if those have actually updated. The, the, the Flashpoint was the Tangled Shore last week. And it looks like the Flashpoint is now going to be I.O. I.O. is the Flashpoint this week. So those are updated. Um, so another Warden's Grind this week if you want it. If you're listening to this, this is going to hit YouTube like a day after. It'll be This will hit YouTube January 2nd. So feel free to keep grinding for that Warden's. You guys know I'm a fanboy of it. Mm-mm-mm. <coughs> Uh, yeah, so set bonuses. Again, I, the, you, you would basically make everything we've gone for kind of irrelevant. Now, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, like, passively making people feel like they need to use new stuff, right? The question I would ask you is, what exactly are the armor specs and perks going to be for the set bonuses? How strong can you really make us, right? Am I going to generate more orbs? Am I going to get more... Am I going to get more ammo drops? I think the current perks just need to actually do what they're supposed to, and then you might not even be need to be saying this, right? If I was getting a tangible and, and noticeable amount of special and, and heavy when I wore those ammo finders, well, then, I mean, those would be perks worth chasing, right? Hands-on on a helmet, especially for this build with, you know, with knife trick, is freaking wonderful. It's great. So, I... There are perks that are good and are and they do and they do have an effect and they're awesome. So I don't even know necessarily we need to to dig in and say, man, we really really need uh, set bonuses right now. Now for raids and stuff, I could see somebody saying set bonuses are needed because raid armor doesn't matter. I don't even know if you need set bonuses. You just need raid armor to matter. Raid armor mattering isn't necessarily that doesn't necessitate. Uh, set bonuses. Raid armor mattered and was cool in the past. Wrath and the others with just intrinsic perks for the raid itself. Um, oh, we want people to feel free. Well, okay, the, the, nobody's going to wear raid armor then because the grind for it's freaking terrible. If you get lucky and get a piece of raid armor with the perk that you want, I mean, that's that's super, super rare. I, th- I still think since raids don't give powerful... Uh, since... Since raids have random rolls and curated rolls, I think you grind the raid three times for powerful rewards, and then after that, the drops keep happening, but they're not powerful. That's what I think. I think that would be a perfect a perfect middle ground, and then you could maybe justify not having intrinsic raid perks, because it's like, well, you're just grinding for the raid gear because you want to look cool, and you want the and you want the you know the the perk set that you that you're looking for gauntlets that have the right reload or whatever, you know, heavy ammo finder and and. Uh, you know, hands-on on your helmet or whatever. So, there's a handful of things I think they could do with perks before even going to set bonuses that would just make armor more influential. Uh, Mervana PSN. Could one change be like how some weapons have different perks in their perk columns, so only certain weapons can even have the role of Outlaw Kill Clip, and others uh, have different best options? I touched on this in my talk just a little bit, just a little bit. I didn't touch on it much, but yeah, I think one of the things is if you say to yourself, oh, this, this is the only gun that can drop with fill in the blank, 
that's what that's what I mean by that I think I'm getting there with the pinnacle perk idea. So instead of onslaught dropping on the breakneck and it being just a gun you kind of did a basically a really long bounty for. Let's imagine that the blast furnace could get desperado on it. And they say desperado is a pinnacle perk and we've decided to put it on the pinnacle version of the blast furnace pulse rifle. Well, you're still grinding for random rolls on the blast furnace. That's still something that's happening. But instead, there's a chance to get the pinnacle version of the blast furnace. And when you do that, when you do that, you get the pinnacle roll and it's got Desperado on it. That that essentially gets what you're getting at, right? Well, the only place you can get a pulse with Desperado of this archetype, you know, the go figure archetype. The only place you can do that is, is, is by going for the blast furnace in the forge. That's a great system. That's that, and then that lands on the spectrum of player, right? You're like, well, I don't have time, man. I can't get it to drop. Well, you're still getting good rolls on the blast furnace. You can still get, like, right now, what Bungie should look at is say, the 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 drops right now and the perks right now. That's the base, right? Every gun can get the base. Every gun can get the the rampage outlaw, the rampage feeding frenzy roll. Like every gun can get that roll. And if you want that roll go for it. Well, I I already have a gun with that roll, but this gun looks really cool. I'm going to go for another one. And then instead their, their goal and their mission should be having those pinnacle perks be the reason you're chasing the gun, the real reason you're chasing the gun. Because if not, we're all going to be in the exact same boat with Drifter, with Season of the Drifter, right? With Joker's Wild, it's going to be Okay, they've introduced a bunch of new guns. They have all the exact same perk pools. So we're just grinding for guns that look different, but then we're all going for the same thing. You know, they've got... I'm giving them a little bit of a pass with the Forge because there are unique versions. There's the Orchid with Kill Clip and Rampage, and then they added Feeding Frenzy to the Blast Furnace. You can't get Feeding Frenzy on, on any other primary other than the Warden. So they, they, they're there, you know, and they added, on paper, they added, you know, Shield Disorient and Disruption Break to the auto rifle and those are perks you can get on I think you can get those on the the I think you can get those on the orchid as well so they added perks like that that are unique I mean disruption break up until now was only able to be gotten on the on the SMG and escalation protocol so they've set a precedent to start pulling perks like that from other guns they've set a precedent to do it I think they just need to continue to do it but make them way stronger Kamehameha would a weapon mod that increases reload to the speed of drop mag or outlaw be a nice short-term fix for weapon perk diversity? I mean, I don't know what in that lane you would then pivot to. It wouldn't make the guns that drastically different, would it? I mean, so now I don't need outlaw. What could I get instead, right? I don't know. And then maybe you wouldn't feel the need to go for rampage spec because you'd be like, well, the reload is always fast. Right? If the reload is always fast, then you know, I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to go for it. You know, I wouldn't have to feel that need to use rampage spec. So I could get another perk and then I could get something else in the mod slot. You know, that's definitely a possibility. What weapons does A to have this week, chat? I don't know. I haven't had a chance to go to the uh, to the tower. I'm in I'm in right now. I'm filling one last hand cannon forge, uh, one last hand cannon uh, seed thing, and then I will, uh, I'll probably be going and, and checking out what she has. 
because I have to go to see her anyway. It's the pulse, uh, the machine gun, and the sniper. This is a good week, then. This is a good week. I like the blast furnace, and I like that forge. That's a good week. Blast furnace can be can be a strong, strong weapon. Go figure archetype with uh, feeding frenzy rampage. Go for it. Go for it, chat. Should they reintroduce catalysts to the game? I don't think catalysts are needed anymore. I think it'd be better to invest in pinnacle weapons, pinnacle legendary weapons. So fly knight, or so fly kite says. So do you think part of the problem is the community min-maxing weapons is to get as much DPS as they can? Well, I mean, that's generally what you're going to do in any power fantasy looter shooter. You're going to go for weapons that are the strongest. People did that in Borderlands. That's why the double penetrating unkept herald, the dupa, became the pinnacle weapon because it was universal damage because it's explosive. Nothing could resist explosive damage in Borderlands. And the fire rate and how it dealt damage made it the best weapon and so i mean that's what you're doing in the game right you're killing enemies how are you killing enemies with damage so the better you are with damage efficiency the better you are with just your experience in the game and so that creates i think the that creates a sensible incentive you know what are you going for i'm going for more damage like I just I don't know that makes sense I should not have used my super there on that group I didn't realize how close we were to the boss oh well JD Gamer do you believe that all guns should have a curated version saying like a crucible weapon strike weapons even gambit weapons I mean you can it could get absurd sure why not bring back a couple hand cannons that each can get a cool curated role that are similar maybe they each have the, the same perk you know, why not bring Onslaught to another auto rifle, right? Slap the half Dan, slap the half Dan somewhere in a bounty and a grind with the gunsmith, and then the half Dan can get Onslaught too. And just I don't know. Well, it's not as good as the it's not as good as the as the breakneck. If you if you measure this and do that and watch Dado's video, you know, cool. Maybe maybe they did that and, and Dado does a video and measures the damage, and other people do videos and they're like, well, you know, onslaught on the half Dan, you know, doesn't doesn't do that much. Okay, well, I mean, that, still that would be diversity. That would be some diversity. That would, I think, be, you know, it would give you one more thing to chase. You know, an old fashioned, even if they just made the old fashioned grindable through Devrim K with a bounty, and I could get an old fashioned with Feeding Frenzy Rampage, I would do it. Because the old fashioned's cool and it handles cool and it sounds cool. And then I would have an old fashioned that gets the year two treatment. Now, a lot of people might not do that, but I would do that. I could see people chasing a Manananan with Dragonfly and they'd slap Dragonfly spec on it and go for a really crispy roll with like Outlaw Dragonfly or, or, or Dragonfly Genesis or I don't know if that's even a possible roll, but that could make it a possible roll. Even if they just brought back some of the year one weapons, gave them the year two treatment, I could see people grinding. I could see people grinding for those weapons. Ecal. What about enemies being reworked to make more weapons and perks viable? Example, Cabal are heavily shielded, so are more susceptible to blast or burn damage. The game literally says Arc overloads Vex circuits or something in the Exodus Black Strike, right? Here's the problem, Ecal. Here's the problem. We're already at the ceiling of efficiency. Whether you run a strike, a nightfall, a raid, a raid layer, uh, public event, a lost sector, an adventure, gambit, the forge, every piece of PVE content, you're at the ceiling of efficiency. You aren't going to struggle. You aren't going to struggle to kill the ads. Okay. 
So for them to suddenly say, oh, hey, by the way, now if you shoot Cabal with this gun, they're going to look at you like you're an idiot. It's going to take a long time. Oh, okay. So you made my guns less efficient. That's unfortunate. Um, why did you do that? Right? Well, we want to, we want to have more viable options. I don't think that's the that's the way forward. Now, I've argued for contextual power before. I've said, well, if you get a full armor set and you get guns from Nessus, well, then those guns would do more damage on Nessus. I think the problem with me coming up with that idea is, number one, that's like the marginal differences of damage. They'd have to be small. You wouldn't want to feel like a weakling on Nessus because you're not using Nessus gear. And then that creates too much grind for the for the more more casual player. Well, who cares about the casual player? And that almost creates a superfluous grind for the hardcore player. Are you really going to go for a full armor set on all the planets and the and the guns as well? The damage differences would be so marginal. I don't think you would. So I'm kind of pulling back on my contextual power idea a little bit because I don't necessarily know if it would actually net a benefit and a grind. I think the pinnacle perk idea has brought things forward in a better way and it just makes more sense of what you're actually chasing which is power and uniqueness power and personalization and I think that pinnacle perks and random roles is a perfect combination to achieve those aims uh, did I skip a question no Dolan Korn says do you think bringing back perks like triple double focus firefly battle runner would help perk diversity oh yeah oh definitely i mean you're asking would bringing back more perks help with perk diversity that, that yes you know would adding more menu items to the menu you know help with menu variety yep it sure would you know so yeah heck yeah nostalgic casual what would you say about having a rumble version of competitive crucible available for people who can't always find a good team the grind for Pinnacle Crucible uh, is too different from Gambit. Yeah, I, I think we've had this question before. I don't know why there's not a, a, a Crucible in competitive. I'm sorry, a Crucible in competitive? A Rumble in competitive. I, I feel like maybe they're worried it would hurt the other playlist in competitive because everybody would just throw themselves into Rumble. All the solo players would be like, forget this noise, you know. It, it's possible that's why they haven't done it. Damon Gaming says, what are other stats besides reload and damage that Bungie could really lean into making perks? I mean, there's 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 different things they could do with elements, right? So, suppression, blinding, damage over time, stunning, bleeding. There's a lot of things they could do that, at the end of the day, is still making you more efficient with respect to damage, but just in a different way. If I could shoot a guy with a headshot and blow him up, and then it puts dot damage on everybody around him so that I can basically ignore those guys because they're all stunned and they're kind of shaking from the dot damage, and I can then pivot to the major, you know, that's going to affect my playstyle a little bit. Right now, you tend to cut through the ads, you know, as fast as you can, and if a major comes out, you barrel stuff him. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that you could definitely add different ways that we dole out the damage that would, you know, it changed up a little bit, you know, kind of turning ads into more cannon fodder just in a different way. Because um, in general, that's all you're doing, right? Every game has that content loop. Every game has that loop of enemies that you fight 
and it's not necessarily difficult, but it's enjoyable. Whether you're grinding Diablo, maybe you're grinding Borderlands, maybe you're grinding, you know, Warframe or Destiny. The ads just become a means to an end. So the the engagement with those ads, the killing of those ads, that's why Outlaw and Onslaught and and and, and, and perks like that are so enjoyable because it affects like everything looks and feels a little bit different. You know, when you're when you're all the way, you know, turned up on the on the on the breakneck and you're just ripping through the ads and when you're reloading your gun really fast with Outlaw, that just feels cool. Again, Put weapons in the efficiency ceiling category. How do we get hand cannons and auto rifles in this efficiency ceiling category? And and have the perks and things feel cool and be how you achieve that efficiency ceiling. So if it was incendiary rounds or any other idea that I've come up with today, you know, the dragonfly, you know, dragonfly chain, as long as the weapon is functioning within that ceiling and it feels like it's one of the best weapons you can use. It's just interchangeable. It's just interchangeable. So you're not settling into the Rampage Outlaw meta or the Rampage Feeding Frenzy meta and everybody's using the same weapons and the same perks. It's, you know, and the breakneck brings that. You'll play with people who are using it and you definitely, you know, this guy is an expert at getting in my way and intercepting these balls. He's done it like four times. He's not doing it on purpose. It's just amazing the timing. I've, I've, I think I've thrown it to him like four times. Um, so that's how I would land on it. Grimfez says, do you think that a system where the same perk was different, for example, say uh, there was a rampage with 10% rampage and one with 11%. Could this diversify weapons uh, we're chasing to make god rolls more diverse? I mean, I think the only dilemma you're doing there is, is you're min-maxing where people wouldn't want you to min-max, right? It's hard enough. Like, okay, I want you to imagine how many orchids that I've farmed for, right? I have farmed for the orchid more than I want to even admit, okay? I finally get the rampage kill clip drop mag roll, but my rampage for whatever reason is like a 9% and yours is a 12%. Well, why do that to me? Why would you do that to me? I finally get the roll I want, and you just you just take a shot out of it, take a chunk out of it, just because. Think about it. That doesn't create diversity. I'm still go. I'm still using the freaking roll that you're using. You just decided to make mine less good. For what reason? It's not diverse. You're not like, oh well, his rampage is a little bit weaker than mine, and it makes the gun handle differently. No, it doesn't. It, they're, they're, we're doing them using them the exact same way, you know. But when you use an auto rifle like the half dan, like I've got my half dan, and when I'm using that auto rifle and it's got rampage times three procked, and I'm sitting there using it with drop mag and I'm ra- maintaining rampage times three, I'm using it at a far range because of the, the type of weapon that it is, right? And then you're using the breakneck with onslaught. The weapons are, in some respects, doing the same thing but we're using the guns in a very different way. You're more spraying, you're up in people's faces. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Um, Cabal 2018. I know there was a question similar to this to keep the aspect of looting and grinding involved. You can grind for the blast furnace and get copies of the gun and infuse them into each other. 
uh, and you get the system out by increasing the cost and continue to grind for the forge and use the forge to combine the guns to get your god roll. I'm just never going to sign on to reforging. I don't think reforging is the way forward. Um, mods, whenever I delete a question in chat, if you can delete that from the from the, the sheet, that'd be great. Guys, don't ask generic questions like, how is your New Year's and what's the reset stuff? That's not a, that's not a Q&A question. Like, you know what I'm saying? I try to fill Q&A with the reset stuff when it happens, but don't fill... So if you see me delete a question in chat, that's basically me saying, hey, please delete this, so then I don't have to, you know, say something to the person. There's just no reason to ask generic questions like that. Yeah, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna just really, really quickly kick to the curb ideas about uh, reforging. I don't think reforging is good for the game. I don't think it's good for the grind. I think we have the perfect mixture of intentionality and RNG with the forge. You know what gun you're getting, you know how long it takes to get, and you can keep going after it. I think we have a very, very good mixture, uh, and I would want to keep leaning into that over and over and over again as I've continued to grind for uh, the Orchid. <laughs> DJ May uh, 88. Um, hang on, I, I skipped one. Ghost Rider, what do you think about Destination Armor sets having a set of ornaments that you can earn from the vendor by performing specific tasks? These ornaments, uh, these ornaments could have perks attached to them that benefit the player. Again, my question would be, is somebody really going to care about that, right? Is, is somebody really going to care about that to go for that? Are the perks going to be beneficial enough? If you make the perks super beneficial, then I believe you're straining the, you know, the grind of the player to the breaking point. Like, getting every armor set, getting every gun from every planet so you can get the ornaments, so you can get the, the perks that make them a little bit stronger. Now, I would be okay. I just got a monarch. I just got another monarch. I am sorry to people that have been trying, uh, to get it apologize um so yeah that like i i don't know if that now here's something i've been saying though npcs if they have rank right if npcs have rank that as you rank up maybe they get ornaments for their destination armor maybe they get ornaments for their destination weapons that's just cool flourish and, and more more personalization, right? So my last kindled orchid of the week rolled with kill clip, but I didn't get drop mag and I didn't get rampage. So we just cannot. Oh no, that was a 650. It doesn't matter. I have so many 650 energies. I just realized as I was deleting it, um, that registered as a powerful drop. So I'm probably gonna have limited frames uh, with her this week. Um, that might be worth keeping impact casing and cluster I think I have one like that already though we'll have to compare it to the other one that I have um, I have a freaking vault full of 650 energies and primaries so I'm not too concerned about uh, deleting the 650 hand cannon but that is probably going to affect my frames DJ May 88 do you want to randomize the elements on the weapons example giving voids to the uh, to the warden I mean no I think I think static elements is is, is the right call just because it helps them balance certain things. Tractor cannon's the main reason for that. <laughs> the tractor cannon is the main culprit here. They made the tractor cannon, you know, kind of silly. It was kind of silly. Okay, so no, we didn't lose. We didn't lose any frames. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, we have to do one more, I think, to get the 
to get the ballistics log. Um, we have to do one more forge completion, so we won't be we won't be grinding a weapon when we do this. Um, so no, I think static on the elements is needed. Uh, John Warner seven seven three. Do you think? That if some features like clan rally don't return, you mean fax rally, should we be able to get the catalyst for the exotic like the graviton lance by using a certain amount of times? They're going to have to do some type of an update. They're going to have to do some type of an update with the catalyst. Yes, if fax rally doesn't return. Uh, the sneaks. I, uh, I don't think that it's just about adding mods that change the perks. When do you just limit what you can do with specific perks? For example, Firefly in your case is only good if you have that mod, but if you have Rampage, it's good all by itself. I think that we need to rework our existing perks to make them viable by themselves, then reintroduce mods to make them better. Sure, you don't want to get cart before the horse. Like I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, you don't want to get the cart before the horse and then end up with you know, you're you're making you're making perks only strong with a mod, right? You don't want them to have like a, an intrinsic limp or an intrinsic crutch. Uh, I don't think that's what you want either. Um, but I do think I do think. Sorry about the noise. If you can hear, I don't know what that is that my son's dragging around. It sounds like a a hanger, like a wire hanger. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, they're working on a way for players to get the catalyst. There you go. Cosmos said that, apparently. Uh, Hetrovono says, Would you support a system that could let us downgrade an exotic to legendary by extracting the perk off the guns so you would take it, like, poly-rifling off something so it's still an exotic unique-wise, but it has lower stats and can be moved down to the legendary quality? This is... This is elaborate, okay? This is elaborate, and I don't think it's necessary, Right? What I think they could just do is say, we realize a lot of these perks aren't strong enough to warrant use, so we're going to be using perks like Ride the Bull and Cosmology and others, and we're going to be trickling those out into the legendary loot pool as pinnacle weapons. So, it's clear there are guns related to themselves, like the Hawkmoon and the, uh, the Lunas were related, even in name, right? Even in their name they're related so i i think to a certain extent they could do that with graviton lance they could do that with merciless telesto and others and say let's just make little brothers and little sisters to those weapons that have those perks and those names of those perks and that's a pinnacle weapon a pinnacle fusion rifle that basically does what the merciless does but not quite as strong so then it's like a viable you know you know, fusion rifle, but you're not having to, you know, it's not limiting you. Oh, it's an exotic. So you're limiting your, your loadout. You know what I'm saying? By the way, if you're new to the stream and you've been enjoying this talk, you've been enjoying the Q and a, be sure to click the follow button. That is the heart button. Uh, that makes sure that you're following my channel. A lot of people are coming over from YouTube and iTunes and catching me live. If you're listening to this, be sure to do that. Um, and uh, resub from Real Ninja with five months, dude. Thanks for almost half a year and for using your Prime sub here. A lot of people have been using their Prime subs lately. Thank you for doing that. Um, <clears throat> Rad Rad is us says, what do you think of using experience as a means of upgrading your gear to a tier ten masterwork instead of infusing random stuff or like a proceed system for your gear? 
again, that's not a needed pain point right now. Like, that's not a needed fix. Uh, if you take enhancement cores out of infusion, I think that fixes it. And then if you give enhancement cores other purposes, like, hey, hand cannon reloader, if you dump enough enhancement cores into it, it becomes enhanced hand cannon reloader. Since they're called enhancement cores, you could use them to literally enhance uh, your gear. I think that could be something to repurpose that, but it would work within the framework of what we're already doing. Prestiging gear or using the gun long enough to masterwork it, I, that, that to me, there's no reason to pivot there. I think enhancement cores need to be taken out of infusion and then given another purpose. As a... as. Look, as a hardcore player, man, like, especially after the dawning, I have 113 enhancement cores. Like, enhancement cores are not a pain point for people that play regularly. It's just a pain point for the people that play infrequently or casually. And it just frustrates their volition. It's not extending playtime for them. They're leveling up at the same speed. They get that sidearm or that, that grenade launcher to drop. They just don't want to use it. And it's especially problematic now because you're giving them bigger jumps. So they get a sidearm. It's like a huge jump in their power level to get them closer to 600. And then they, they have to use that in the forge if they want to even try the forge. Because that's how they can be at their max power level. Like That's what needs to happen with enhancement cores that's the solution even Datto apparently in a recent video said he was wrong about enhancement cores like the community is shifting its thoughts on it and this I that's why I said give it enough time right I said with the escalation protocol shotgun nerf I said give it enough time people will realize that the guns just too strong give it enough time on enhancement cores and people will come around to seeing things the way that I was seeing it and that's happening people are changing their position on it now some people are gonna maybe dig their heels in and that's fine I passionately defending what you think is best for the game is how we got forsaken so there's nothing wrong with people passionately defending their viewpoints but it's clear that the community's shifting their thoughts on on this and I think that's important for the future uh, of the game uh, better than you what do you think about the process will be getting the last word uh, in your opinion can it be done to fix the state of oh what in your opinion can be done to fix the state of sniping in PvP I don't play enough PvP and I don't snipe enough in PvP to comment on the second part of the question as far as the first part of the question I have no idea I think it's going to be simplistic like the Thunderlord and the other pinnacle weapon quests they won't be tough and no new forge today guys next week uh, don't do it three I've seen one gun from Black Armory yet uh, not in the forge, but the, from the armory. Where are they? Why haven't they been dropping? I don't know. You're really unlucky. Uh, there are people theorizing that you want maximum temper on. Maximum temper is when you shoot those little guys uh, that are floating for the cubes to uh, to get the keys at the end. So if I shoot him and then I go all the way over here, there's another one to shoot. I might be too late to do it now. Apparently, maximum temper people are theorizing increases they feel like it might be increasing the drop rate i think yeah we missed our chance to get maximum temper so maybe try and do that like watch a youtube guide on whatever forge you're in to make sure you're shooting those guys uh i think it is a uh i think it i think it's a it's a way for them to to maybe just layer drops so that you have to be maybe aware i don't know uh personally i don't I don't know if they are done with the forges. Like, I feel like the remix weapons, I should be able to grind for those. Holy frick, that was a good shards usage. Um, I feel like I should be able to grind for those. There's some of them that are pretty cool. Swift Ride and the Galliard uh, are potentially, you know, pretty decent weapons. 
Um, so I would be cool if you could, if you, if you, if it'd be cool if you could grind for them. Why no new forge today? When did Bungie uh, say that? They never said there was no new forge. They said Niobe Labs was January the eighth, which is next week. Like I don't, nothing was said about January the first. It was the app. They didn't say anything about January 1st. They didn't say there wouldn't be a forge. They said that Niobe Labs would be an event that opens up the last forge on January the 8th. Um, uh, okay, Mel. Good good thought. Good thought. Good thought. That's fine. Yeah, guys, when I dismiss generic questions, okay... When I dismiss generic questions, I know some of you might just be wanting to take part. Maybe you're maybe you're younger or you just don't play Destiny enough to ask like a super like deep question. I don't want you to feel like I'm dismissing you or talking down to you. I just there's not a real reason sometimes for me to take the time to answer like a super generic question on the podcast cuz I want the people that are here live or listening to this later to feel like it's it's a worthy it's a worthy piece of content to listen to. So I don't want anybody to feel like I'm insulting them when I'm like, "Oh, this is just too generic of a question." Um, it's just for the quality of the content. I don't want to be answering something that's like hyper generic or when someone's like, "How is your day?" or "How is your New Year's?" That's just not meant for Q&A, okay? That's just not meant for Q&A. You're not asking a question that is even really something that I want to answer during the podcast. I'll answer after, you know what I'm saying? I stream all day. DX Vader um says if black armory forge year one weapons can't get better perks would it change pvp uh but it also if they get pinnacle perks do you think pinnacle weapons would be worth grinding Uh, pinnacle weapons being worth grinding is always going to be dependent on the perk that they slap on it i think onslaught makes the breakneck worth chasing i think trench barrel makes the threat level worth chasing i think magnificent howl makes the luna's howl worth chasing right it's the perk that makes that dependent like if they consider disruption break and shield disorient pinnacle perks, then I got news for them. They're not. They're not pinnacle perks. They're garbage. Like they don't they don't change the gun enough for me to chase an, an auto rifle with disruption breaker, you know, stuff like that. What's good in Viro? So they they're the perks are the key. Now if the armor forge weapons can get better perks, would it change PvP? Again, I don't know. That's entirely speculative. If they give it a perk that 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 lands on PvP in a really influential way, sure. But I think there's a lot of perks they could add that wouldn't break uh, PvP. And to a certain extent, I don't care. Uh, if, if PvP keeps getting saucy and crazy and imbalanced, that's totally fine with me. Because people tend to play more when that's going on. They tend to chase the imbalance and strong stuff. And then we could get stronger and cooler stuff in PvE instead of feeling hamstrung and held back by uh, by PvP. So I, I, in the most genuine way I can say it, without being dismissive of the PvP crowd, I don't care if they introduce perks that make PvP a pain in the butt. Because if people are playing, grinding, and chasing, that's literally the goal of Destiny. And I feel like we undercut that in short change intention motivation incentive all that just gets undercut when you're like but if we add, man if we make this perk it's just too strong it's gonna break pvp um i don't know i feel like that hurts the grind and i feel like it hurts the the motivation of the players so 
with the sneaks, do you think the nerf to trench barrel was significant? Most people I talked to say the nerf to trench barrel wasn't a nerf. My damage tests have shown that using trench barrel is actually worse for your damage over time. Thoughts? It turned trench barrel into an appropriate perk. It, okay, a, a high rate of fire shotgun is not meant to be a boss damage weapon, right? What's built for boss damage? Thunderlord, Whisper, 1K Voices, a machine gun due to its ammo reserves, etc. The high rate of fire shotgun is meant to be a barrel stuffing, shield popping, major busting weapon. That's what it's supposed to be doing. Trench Barrel now does that. When I give one quick melee to a trash ad or the big ad in front of me and I goom, 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 I hit him with my threat level, he's on death's doorstep. So I just keep on going, right? So if you're like, oh, my damage test on a boss where I shoot three shots, reproc damage, reproc trench barrel and shoot three shots, I keep reprocking it. My damage test, damage has gone down. Good. That's not the way the weapons was supposed to be used in the be- to begin with. The, the hierarchy of the weapons and the spectrum of the weapons, there is tier one trash ads, right? All your kinetic weapons, your hand cannons, your auto rifles, your pulse rifles, etc. Mid-tier weapons, fusion rifle, sniper rifle, shotguns, are meant for mid-tier weapons. Maybe mini-bosses, maybe, and then your shielded adds and your majors. And that's what a shotgun should be functioning as. And then you got your tier 3 weapons, your top tier maximum damage. This is meant for the strongest enemies that come out, mini-bosses and bosses. There's no reason you should be pulling out a mid-tier, no-skill-required, you know, spammy shotgun and getting great damage. The trench barrel on the escalation protocol pre-nerf that shotgun could do more damage than every exotic in the game every exotic in the game we tested it on shirochi so when you go up to an enemy that allows you to do you know the punch and the and the barrel stuff which is i don't know virtually every boss in the game as long as you time the punch properly you don't get knocked back it was doing more damage than exotic heavy weapons. It was an exotic heavy weapon in the energy slot. It was a sensible nerf. That weapon is now perfectly fine. It functions as it should, and so does the threat level. It's a pinnacle perk. Trench Barrel is a pinnacle perk for shotguns. My my threat level and my Ikelos are better than my Badlander unless there's a bunch of Arc Shields around. My Badlander with Genesis is great against Arc Shield Captains, but outside of that, I, I feel weaker without Trench Barrel. It's a, pin- it's a pinnacle perk, you know. I am going to go for the pulse rifle. So, I, I, I'm I glad they did it. And I know people blamed me and like, yeah, good, congratulations, Lana. Like, okay. Well, I mean, what do you want? Like, I argue... I argue for what I think is a, is a good version of Destiny, and I feel like when the weapon hierarchy is completely jacked up by one gun, right... And then now the next step, step two to fixing the gun hierarchy is freaking making the, um, uh, making the energy weapons more streamlined. Like when you go to the energy slot, it should only be snipers, fusion rifles, shotguns. I believe SMGs should be reclassified as energy weapons and given a damage buff in PVE and given half their ammo. Swords should be energy weapons as well and just give them crazy great mid-tier perks for shield popping and major busting and make fusion rifles way stronger and snipers way stronger so that shotguns aren't the only secondary weapon worth using in PVE, you know? Uh, York Fofo. 
you've mentioned multiple times about the idea of getting legendaries that are more or less exotics. At what point does a weapon become extremely rare, legendary, or an exotic? The reason exotic primaries and secondaries are... Like, they feel so... Like, I guess the word I would use is they're kind of dumb is because we're at the ceiling of efficiency. We are at the ceiling of efficiency on killing trash ads. So when you give me an exotic, even if it's really cool, it's not killing trash ads and mid-tier enemies any faster than I already was. Right? I already was. I was ar- I'm, I'm already able to go on a strike. I'm able to go into a nightfall. I'm able to go into the forge. And anything that's a red bar totally fine i have no problem i have no problem doing that it's not it's not that bad right so i'm not like hey this exotics really meeting this pain point man it's really hard to kill trash ads that's the problem with exotics in the kinetic in the in the secondary slot they're they're not meeting a pain point what does thunderlord 1k voices in the whisper meet it meets a pain point of like oh man th- we have to do a ton of damage and this boss sits still, or this boss has got a nice crit spot, or this, you know, this boss is, you know, kind of all over the place. We need spammy weapons on him, or whatever. Like, they're meeting, they're meeting, you know, things that are, are pain points in the game. So, that's, that's, that's why exotics in those slots don't matter. So, at what point do they become exotics? I just, that's why I think legendary weapons with pinnacle perks, like, the 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 uh, frick I lost my train of thought like the like the breakneck are the key that's the key to going forward so uh, Temuair says what do you think could be done to make bows more viable in PvP and or PvE I mean I think in general one of the dilemmas with bows is they're kind of like scouts in PvE so when you're playing um, when you're playing PvE and you pull out a scout everything just feels really close and it's kind of annoying now bows are better than scouts they actually are one of the problems with scouts if you want to play right right if you want to play with a scout like that style of weapon bows are better Right, I think bows are fine in PVE in the right context and if used in the right way, but scouts just kind of suck. Bows in PVP are actually pretty pretty nice, you know. Bows in PVP can be pretty nice. They can be pretty uh, pretty menacing in the right hands because it's just all it's just a, such a guaranteed uh, you know crit if you use it properly, you know. So, next question, JD Gamer. What do you think about Destiny 2's life cycle? Will have a Taken Queen, then another annual pass. Oh, do you believe next year, and then do another one in 2020, or do D3, or do you believe that will happen? They won't do D3. Oh, and do you believe will happen because they don't want D3 to do what vanilla D2 and D1 did? Again, I feel like sometimes you you guys just I, I'm surprised. There's almost no way nobody's heard my theory on this. So if you haven't heard my theory on this, I guess you could have accidentally completely repackaged everything I've said and said it right back to me. I, I, I don't. It's okay. It happens. It, it happens every once in a while. When you guys are even saying it uh, and using my phrasing, like "taken queen" is something that like I've been saying a lot. So 
I, I've said this, that I believe we will get Taken Queen in another annual pass and then D3 in 2020. Um, I've said that. So, I, I mean, I, if, you've, if you've actually somehow managed to miss me saying that, JD Gamer, the only reason I'm saying this is because you're here an awful lot. I, I guess you could have missed me saying that. But I, I've said that. I've said that many, many times. Now, the question is, they don't want it to end up like, you know, D1 or D2 vanilla. No, yeah, sure, they definitely don't. They 100% don't want them to end up that way. And the reason it's not going to end up that way is I believe Forsaken is a template for Destiny 3. I believe they halted production of Destiny 3 to build uh, to build Forsaken, and Forsaken is like the template going forward, right? It's you're you're there i don't think it's possible for them to have another bumble the way they bumbled d2's launch given everything they've learned that i mean that would just be a i would honestly be alarming it would be like okay wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> you guys you guys completely retooled the game completely said hey this is for you guys we're sorry this isn't the way the game was kind of supposed to be we're you know we're, we're, we're pivoting on all these things and you go back on all of it like i think for is going to be the template going forward I know about that. I just wondered how you feel about D3. I'm not I'm not in like vanilla too. Okay, yeah, and that's fine. Like, I, you can ask that question, but like, you guys don't always need to like ask questions that are like, do you think they're gonna do this? And it's like, yeah, I say that all the time. Why are you, you know, why are you asking that? You understand what I'm saying? Like, if you know that I've said it before, you don't need to say, do you think they're gonna do Taken Queen in another annual pass, Lono? It's like, is this Groundhog's Day? Yeah, I said that probably earlier today too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's fine. I just ask the get to the meat of the question I guess is what I'm saying <laughs> instead of making me you know repeat myself distracted nerd do you think Bungie will ever allow cross platform saving I spent a year away from home uh, and my PC only able to play on Xbox and now I'm so far behind if I want to play catch up I, I don't cross save is such a win win I don't understand what the frick I, it, cross save I don't think it's going to happen though and if it does it ain't happen anytime soon because of the limited bandwidth that they have um with respect to like the annual passes the big focus for drip feed cross save would be a significant change to the game and would require sony to probably you know play ball and be nice um so cross save would be a huge win for the community because if you're like you said like if you've got everything on one character and you're just like man i i really want to play with my buds on pc but i am just light years behind it just feels like you're you know you're never going to catch up cross save would save you because you had your xbox with you cross save would increase sales cross save would increase player populations on the on the consoles or the systems that might lack player populations. so i cross saves a win-win i don't know why, why they wouldn't do it i just don't know if it can be a fast it can be a fast thing it may just take time I'm Trencher. In your opinion, what's the best way to farm exotics? There's no way to farm exotics. Just play the game. Uh, King K. What thought do you have to see SMGs, sidearms, and swords, along with snipers and most fusions? It seems these weapons are just in an odd place. Both connect and energy. SMGs, as I said a little bit earlier, cut their ammo in half, turn them into energy weapons, only have them in the energy slot, and turn them into shield-popping major busters. Uh, you rip through the ammo really fast, but they have a purpose, like a shotgun does, like a, like a close-range shotgun. Sidearms are stupid. They should have never been added to the game to begin with. And swords should be energy weapons with double the ammo and less damage. Um, that's what they should be doing with those weapons. Just delete sidearms from the game. They're dumb. Batman, do you think they should put Luna's perk on scouts and Desperado on other pulses? 
Um, you gotta leave Magnificent Hal alone at least for an entire season or at least an entire year. You you can't you can't do that. That would be a that would be a huge, 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 huge disrespect uh, to those that got it if you just start putting it in the general loot pool desperado landing on weapons in like season of the drifter or one weapon in season of the drifter like if they if they bring you know desperado i would be okay with that i'd be okay with that it's been long enough and it's not even that great of a pvp weapon anyway but you don't want to disrespect the luna's grind this early that would be i think a humongous mistake now, if we get to September of 20 of this year of 2019, I think then you're in the clear to say we can start putting Magnificent Howl on other guns because maybe there's something new that they've added. Maybe there's new, you know, pinnacle PvP weapons. Maybe the meta has shifted. You know what I'm saying? The Shield 666. What would you change or add to faction rallies? Uh, the, the faction should be available all the time. You should always be able to rank them up all the time. You pick a faction, you're grinding, you're playing, you're leveling up that faction. When you're leveling up that faction, you're getting cooler cosmetics, ornaments for maybe the guns that they have or the armor that they have, and uh, you know shaders, emblems, etc. Then, faction rally happens once a month. When faction rally happens, every faction gets like one or two weapons and one or two pieces of armor you have that entire week to grind right similar to what you're doing with ada right you go and do a bounty you turn it into the faction you get that gun you're grinding for the god roll right it has that rhythmic urgency you're like i got this week i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go right then when faction rally is over for that first week those guns and those pieces of armor are not available okay fast forward to week two week two of faction rally those first two pieces of armor and those first two weapons are now available all the time in the faction pool all the time no matter what right so the rhythmic urgency is there but then they're like okay look if you missed out now they're available all the time but there's two new pieces of armor and two new weapons that are only available this week right and so you grind that entire week rhythmic urgency and then they go away so by the time you get to week three, okay, by the time you get to week three, you always have two guns, two pieces of armor dropping into the gen- the general faction rally, always available loot pool, and then you have two weapons and two armor that are kind of slamming into the, the, the temporary spot. It's always like, chunk, and then it slides down, chunk, and then it slides down, chunk, like it's always going down, so then you don't feel like, well, I missed my chance, frick, right? And you just have that reason to like, oh, I'm leveling up Future War Cult, I'm leveling up you know, dead orbit. I'm getting cool shaders. I'm getting cool ships and and ornaments and things like that. And if you missed your opportunity week one, it doesn't matter after week two, those guns are always available. Um, So that is, that is where I think they should land uh, with those, with faction rally. It, 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 it lands on accessibility for everybody, but it lands on rhythmic urgency for the hardcore player. I think it's a good middle ground and that's, that's the way I would do it. Uh, Lightning J, uh, if support like weapons, if support like weapons were to enter the game as pinnacle weapons or exotics, would that create more diversity or would people still be using whisper? When do you need support, right? If you're adding a pinnacle piece of gear and you're also maybe making an exotic, what pain point is it, is it meeting? What pain point is it meeting? That's you always have to ask that question. Uh, well, um, it's not really meeting a pain point, okay? That's, then no one's gonna use it. Do you, does anybody really need support in, in even the hardest of content? Not really. 
you know, auto rifles are kind of support weapons. They're just spraying and stunning the enemies, and but they're not needed really anywhere. So, uh, Mel Buggin from Hellish Smoker, what kind of activity do you think will be for the last forge? I would hope that the last forge would either be harder or make all the other ones harder. Um, I I don't know. I, the, the 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 lack of difficulty spectrum makes the forges boring if you're 650 and too hard if you're 600. They're like smack in the middle. Like it it annoys everybody. <laughs> it annoys everybody. It's like, well, I'm 600 or 610 or I'm not even 600 yet. I can't even do the forge, right? Well, I'm 650. The forge is boring as frick. It's too easy, right? 600, 625, and a 650 difficulty spectrum would have been perfect. And then you just tie bounties and rewards to it. So the higher you go, the better stuff you're getting to give incentive to the hardcore player, but at least have the accessibility for the lower power level players. Um, again, I they're just they're they're missing that piece. And I, I again, I give them a bit of a pass because I know I know the content is is drip feed, but still. Sparks PS4, what if they made it so when you unlock the perk by random drop, they made it to where you, when you pull it out of the collections tab, allowing you to select the perks you wanted as long as you would unlock them? No, I mean, that means you'd grind for a gun for maybe a day, and then you'd be able to just build your god roll uh, from collections. That's basically weapon crafting, and I don't like that at all. Now, I have said... Let's say you get a really good roll on a shotgun and you're like, yeah, but I just, I don't really need this right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to infuse this or break it down. You know how, when you go to infuse, you, you highlight infuse and this, and this menu of weapons opens for infusion. You should be able to go into collections and click lock in. And when you highlight lock in, if you have like, let's say you want to lock in a roll on the Badlander. You highlight lock-in, and any Badlander you have in your inventory at that moment gets, gets, you see it, and you lock it in, and it locks in that roll, so if you feel like pulling that out later, you can. You're like, well, my, my vault's getting overrun, or, you know, I don't really need this weapon right now, but this might be a good roll later. I do that all the time with scouts. I'm like, well, this is a great roll, but if they make scouts better, if I could go into collections and lock it in, I could just dismantle it and get it out of my freaking face, and if they buff them later, then I could pull it out of collections. Robert. Do you think the new forge for this week has something to do with Scorn? I, there's a new forge next week. I have no idea what it's for. Milo says, the longer the annual pass was out for, the more I hate it. Yikes. Strong language, bud. The trickle of content's not substantial enough even a week unless you get bad RNG uh, on the weapon for that week. I, I mean, I, I haven't gotten any of the rolls I want, so I'll raise my hand and I play I, I play more than 99% of the community. With nothing this week and after Jan 8, nothing until end of January, I don't think Destiny will grow over year two with new games coming out in 2019 could it severely hurt destiny as people may find it easier to play something else instead of in my opinion subpar content here's something you have to remember okay the goal of drip feed content is not to grow destiny it's to appeal to the hobbyist player and not have content droughts okay destiny survived in year two and three and with destiny one and it survived but it never it never uh, gr- the player base wasn't growing, right? That's not necessarily the goal right now. I don't think most games like Destiny that are chunking, you know, churning out drip feed content, I don't think they're quote unquote trying to grow their player base, right? And Bungie has to be realistic. Could they design any DLC? to hold your interest against the backdrop of Division 2, Anthem, and any other title that's releasing. 
is that even possible right even if forsaken size dlc would land instead of instead of uh joker's wild would that still hold your interest long enough to really hold the tide, you know, build a levy against people that are like, I'm going to go check out Anthem. I'm going to go check out the division, you know, division two. I don't think so. We have to be realistic about what people do. They naturally pivot to other games and play other games just because they're new. They're fresh. They've got the new car smell. And whenever, whenever that happens, I think Bungie's smart to a certain extent to just focus on drip feeding to their to their loyalists and you're saying you don't you know you don't like it there's nothing to do unless you get incredibly bad rng well i mean don't underestimate the power of bad rng and don't underestimate the power of people wanting things that you may not want you're finely tuned into you know milo the guy who asked this question he's a buddy of mine we play together all the time you're finely tuned into the idea that like certain weapons aren't pinnacle and certain roles or combinations are just boring and you know it's not necessarily driving you to want to play right you're super tuned into those realities most of the player base isn't right most of the player base just is not and that means that if player perception is keeping like think about it like this okay forsaken settled in about a month after forsaken the the the, the player base settled into the player base numbers that we have basically right now about a month after forsaken it was like three to four weeks after forsaken and we we settled into the one to one and a half million a day in pve and the you know 700 to 900,000 in pvp we settled into those numbers right well, if those are the numbers that we settle into, then that's that's healthy. Like, I just don't... I think it's unreasonable to expect any content that any game puts out in an established franchise as old as Destiny. I think it's unreasonable to expect that content to grow the player base. I, I just don't think that's... In general, I don't think that's possible. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. The game has been out this long, Okay. Is any DLC going to dramatically change Destiny so that if you didn't really like it or weren't really interested in the past, you're suddenly interested? Okay, is that even a, is that even a reasonable possibility? I don't think so. It's an established franchise. Do you think? I'll give you an example. Do you think Overwatch is ever going to release a DLC that's going to pull me in? No. I just I don't really like it. I don't really like playing it. It was fun, but like I put it down easily. It pull, you know, I put it down easily. Um, but there's plenty of games that I played and I was like, eh, cool. But they couldn't add a DLC to suddenly make me come back and be a, a ravenous and addicted and hobbyist loyalist player. Like, converting people into hobbyists is not easy. And I think Destiny's got a pretty healthy base of players that they can just, I think, keep cranking out content for. You know? Forsaken did that with me? Right, but again, I just think it's unrealistic to say, let's look at content that's designed to do two things. Appeal to the hobbyist player and not have and not have content drought, right? You think and is that ever gonna you know, we had we had we had the same numbers yesterday, man. Over a million in PvE, and then around eight hundred, you know, eight hundred to nine hundred thousand in PvP. Like the numbers are just rock solid in those uh, in those thresholds. Like, I don't know. What happens when you have good rolls for the six weapons? 
Why are you going back to the forge? No one's going to bother grinding forge armor because it's not grindable. Yeah, but you don't know what's going to trickle out, Milo. Like, we don't know the future. What if she does? What if they decide to update her with bounties that for the armor? What if they decide to update her with bounties for the cool new mods so you can grind for rampage spec or dragonfly spec or, you know, whatever the frick, right? We don't know what they're going to be trickling out. Again, I, when you're in the minority, I think it's so easy to be like, game sucks, sky's falling, I'm going to play other stuff. They're not going to be able to maintain a player base because like, if I'm leaving, isn't everybody else going to leave? Not necessarily, right? Not necessarily. I just think it's too easy to, like, again, if you play as much as me, and I think a lot of you guys that get... Ne- you get negative, and that's fine. You're allowed to have negative views of the game. But you get negative and you get cynical. You're even being cynical in chat. You're saying it'll be five months before they update or lull, right? I think when you get to that level of, of, of pessimism and like negativity and cynicism, I actually think it's probably good that you go and play something else because you kind of need that break, right? I just... What... What structure of game can they build where you're always chasing loot and then having a reason to chase that loot, having a reason to have that loot? How much, how much, how much content can they make you, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's say the perks were really interesting on the forge weapons. Let's say they're actually really interesting. A lot of the forge weapons don't have interesting perks. Let's imagine that the sniper, the pulse, the hand cannon, the machine gun all had unique, really powerful perks that made them awesome and worthy of worthy of your pursuit, okay? You're going to get them eventually, right? Well, then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What's what is there in Destiny for you to take all that great gear into? There's no Paragon system. There's no Borderlands 2 badass rank, right? But I, I, like, that's what I'm so curious about. It. It's like, you guys that get to, like, the ceiling of, like, there's nothing left for me to do, I'm always just kind of like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a natural culmination of a game. Your criticism and frustration is rooted in a presumption that will never be met. It will never be met. They will never, ever make a game like that where you grind and grind and grind and grind and you finally get these awesome weapons and then here, man, there's just this huge, like, reservoir of content that we have for you to go play now with all that amazing content. I just, I like, that's why I think drip feed content is good. Drip feed content is good for that reason. You always have something new to chase instead of having something new to do. It's super, super difficult to give you something new to do that's like, oh, we're just throwing balls at this thing. It's something we've done before. Yep, okay. So they're supposed to completely reinvent the wheel and come up with super creative, elaborate, nuanced mechanics every single time they add content injection to the game? Like, that's again just like, oh, that's that's near impossible. It's just near impossible. Why can't we have both? It's it. They have proven that it is impossible. They have proven that it's not possible. Like, if that's the game you want, then you're playing the wrong game. Get a subscription and play WoW. Get a subscription and play WoW. Like, what? There isn't a game that, for the price point that we play and for the hours of engagement that we play, there just isn't a game that exists that does that without a subscription fee. And you can point to Warframe and Grand Theft Auto all the frick you want. There's almost no games that do what you're asking of Destiny. 
you you ask of destiny you ask the impossible like i i just i don't i just don't think i don't think the game exists there are games that come close elder scrolls online is pretty dadgum good um yeah i know that i know pillars of eternity has got like a pretty long and drawn out grind but some of the limitations of the engine the dev tools are certainly playing a part right they're certainly playing a part like you can't you 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 can't you can't get you can't get enough content created in this engine in these dev tools like it's just really really hard for them to do that it's very very difficult for them to do that we know that right that's not me making excuses that's just the reality that like that we're living in right knowing that reality should you ever be approaching drip feed content with that attitude then right i should have so much loot to pursue there should be no ceiling on the damage that i do because if you put a ceiling on the damage that i do then the new loot's not even interesting because it's just going to be at the current ceiling right it's boring i have guns that are this good that's what people say a lot of the times well it's not any better than my midnight coup so who the frick cares right well then let's say you do care and you do chase the loot well then what are you going to go do with it they can't create enough content you know i just i yeah, I messed my frames up. I can only do pulse rifle with this character. It did mess my frames up. It did. Completing the hand cannon after reset. Hand cannon was from last week. Hand cannon dropped powerful. It jacked up. Because what the game I think thinks happened is I got a powerful hand cannon. So there should be a gray hand cannon here. And since hand cannon's not in this week, the game doesn't know what the frick to put here. 100% jacks it up when you do that. Not a big deal. I was only going to really grind for the pulse. I can probably fix it and grind on my other characters if I want to grind for the other, uh, the other guns. Um, I and again, again, you can say it's bad. You can say it's not good enough. You can say this content's not good if they're maintaining the same player base numbers from a month and a half ago to two months ago, right? If that, if that, but those player base numbers are being maintained, then it's a success. It's a success. You just need to play less, right? I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. Like they're maintaining good player numbers. That means more more most people I think are just they're playing, right? They're 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 playing and they're and they're continuing to feel like there's things worthy of their pursuit. There's things that they they feel like going after, you know? I if you don't, then then that's when you have to take those breaks and that's when you have to kind of say, you know, okay, I've yeah I've I've hit the ceiling. I need to I need to do something else, you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with I just don't think there's anything wrong with hitting a ceiling and saying I need to take a break. You know. Now, if they were hemorrhaging players and if they were if they were if they were seeing a a, a significant a significant decline in player engagement, then I would be like, okay, there's there's trouble here. And we saw that, right? We saw that. Player base numbers dipped. The leveling was too hard. Nobody was at power level. They immediately pivoted. They made leveling easier. They streamlined leveling. And what happened? Everybody, the, the player base numbers rebounded because people are like, oh, I can level up faster. I'm going to jump back in and play. They aren't maintaining anything. Usually they released one of their monthly reports, which pointed out the obvious. And I quote, Destiny 2's Forsaken boost was short-lived. Yeah, but... Again, Gollum, you, you, you're always cherry-picking. Every time we have these discussions, you're cherry-picking. That's a cherry-picked phrase. Of course there was a boost from Forsaken that was short-lived. I'm not talking about the week one or two or three of Forsaken. I said 
after about a month of Forsaken, the player base numbers settled in to about one and a half million a day for PvE and around like 800 to 900,000. Boosts like that aren't sustainable. You you expect them to sustain like the week one, week two DLC like craze? Like that's not that's not a possible number to maintain. There are people that literally, we know this, there are people that buy DLC, play through the campaign, and then put it down. How many of those people are in the number of the of the boost that, of course, it's short-lived? Superdata is way, way more credible source than any fan-based site numbers estimate. Their entire business model is credible numbers for retailers and devs. Right, but where are they pulling where are they pulling daily player base engagement numbers? And what are they saying that they're at? And where and, and like do they have a trend? Do they show okay, this is what it was for Forsaken and this is where it is now? This is where it was before Black Armory and this is where it is now? That would be my question. That just feels like you're cherry picking. Of course, of course. Forsaken and Taken King both did the same thing. Big boost. Everybody's excited. Whole new campaign. Whole new supers. Everyone's playing the game, grinding, getting the new stuff, playing through the story. And then a lot of people, as soon as they get to the end of that that pyramid, they stop playing. There are people that comment on my YouTube. They're like, what's the point in playing after you get to max level? Like, who the what the frick game are you playing? It's a looter shooter and you stop playing when you get to max level? What? We estimate additional content revenue in Destiny dropped 63% year over year. Overall engagement and monetization seem to have reverted back to the same levels last seen before the launch of Forsaken DLC in September. To quote them and not cherry pick anything. But you're talking about revenue. You're not talking about what I'm talking about. Content revenue for Destiny 2 dropped year over year. We know that. That was from the shareholders call with Activision. Overall engagement and monetization seem to have reverted back to the same levels that were seen before the launch of Forsaken. That's speculative and not conclusive. That doesn't even see that doesn't even seem like what you're saying against what I'm saying. Revenue doesn't equal the player base, right? Like, dude, all I know is I go into the forge, I don't wait for matchmaking at all, and I'm on the smallest player base. I'm on PC. Like, I don't know, man. It feels like there's a lot of people playing pretty regularly. And when I look at the player base numbers, they're very, very similar, and they're right around where they were for year three of, they're higher, actually, than year three of Destiny 1, and that served well right into the launch of Destiny 2. If they can maintain these player base numbers, then I don't, I'm not concerned about the game at all. Like, they did that. They did that at the end of D1, right? They maintained these player base numbers, and then people bought and went into, and went into the sequel. I just, I don't know. I feel like people are very, very, very pessimistic and, 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 and cynical about the game because their player, their player habits are not in line with what can ever, ever be created. It's not possible. Like, if Forsaken satisfied you for a month, I got a rude awakening for you. They can't give you Forsaken every 30 days. It's not possible. No company can. No company can do that every 30 days. It's not possible. The only games that you can get that kind of player time out of and keep getting new content are games like WoW, where you pay a monthly service fee and there's so 
slow and grindy. Somebody said Path of Exile. You know what the number one criticism of Path of Exile is? It's super grindy, and it takes super long to get anything accomplished. Right? This isn't sounding very rageless. Sit in timeout, you unoriginal, small-minded douchewagon. I can get passionate and raise my voice, you freaking child. Sit in timeout like a kid that stole candy from his mom's purse. Like, you can definitely, definitely play too much, and I feel like that's what's happening. I don't think we're asking for that. That is exactly what people are asking for, Enviro. You spent, okay, you spent $40 on Forsaken, and the most hardcore players probably got to week three or four, and they're like, there's nothing left for me to do, right? Even with Shattered Throne, even with the Dreaming City rotating, people get to like week three or four, they did the same thing with Taken King, right? They're like, I- I'm, I'm, I'm done. I- I don't, there's nothing new for me to do, right? About a month, okay? $40 for Forsaken, okay? The annual pass costs $35, and they're spreading that out from December to the summer. <laughs> so your expectations when you come to the annual pass should be, this is going to be very, like, non-substantive, like, I have something I can kind of do a, a couple of days a week, maybe. Little short play sessions, weekly, daily engagement. The weapons are rotating weekly. The nightfalls are rotating weekly, right? Like, that's where your expectations should be set. And what I hear is, and what I hear is, well, unless you have really bad RNG, I already have everything. Well, then how have I managed to not get it? I don't have, I'm, I still have plenty of things to chase. I play more than almost anybody. I don't have the God Roll Orchid. I don't have the God Roll uh, on the on the Blast Furnace. There's a God Roll Sword you could go through. Our swords suck. Well, it's still fun to have a, a weapon like that, right? There's, it's still fun to have a weapon like that. So, like, you're approaching a slice of $35 content and, like, saying, well, I'm, I'm already done. First of all, it's January 1st. When did this even start? Didn't this start, like, four weeks ago? With the raid and all that? When was that? Was that three weeks ago? I don't even know when this launched. I forget when this launched. And guys, if you're too stupid to realize that I'm not raging, then you're too stupid for my channel and you're not allowed to talk. So you just get banned. I don't let really stupid people hang out here. Like, you're really stupid if you think what I'm doing right now is raging. So just go the frick somewhere else. I don't want you here. Like... We're better off without you. You bring the intelligence of everyone around you down with your thoughtless, dumb comments. Like, seriously. Like, all you're doing is causing chat to rip you a deservedly new butt. Like, you're getting ripped up one side down the other by me and chat because you're just too dumb to hang out here. So, there's the frickin' door. Gee, many Christmas. Hey, guys, you're raging. Oh, my gosh, he's raging. Well, I hope you don't wet your pants when it thunderstorms if you think this is rage because you're awfully sensitive. So, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and go round and round with Milo. I know what Milo thinks. I know what Milo thinks. Every, every piece of the game isn't good enough. The weapon rolls aren't good enough. The grind isn't good enough. The forge isn't, the forge isn't created enough enough. Throwing the balls isn't cool enough or fun enough. Like, I get where he's coming from, but it's drip feed content. That's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. So, your reaction is what they wanted. I use them for entertainment. You see how my chat's laughing and spamming emotes? I use them for entertainment. Again, also, if you're too stupid to realize what I'm doing when I rip them up one side down the other, then find the frickin' door. Uh, I just... 
I just deleted DX Vader's question. I don't even know what I did. How do I undo? It won't let me undo what I did to DX Vader's. I fixed it. I fixed it. What the frick? I like bumped the keyboard. Um, is the Sentinel weapon of light any good on the boss damage? Eh, it's okay. It's just really hard to use. It's just really hard to use. Uh, Real Links Ninja. Does the existence of Tractor Cannon, like you mentioned, severely restrict what Bungie can do with future weapons? It does. It makes them have to make stuff static. If it's going to be really, really strong, it can't be void. Tractor Cannon is a problematic weapon. And again, it came at a time where they were reacting. They were trying to give us, like, really, really strong stuff. So they just changed Tractor Cannon. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember? Tractor Cannon was not always a void debuff on on an enemy. Or a void buff, or whatever the frick you want to call it. Like, I, th- that, that was not how the tractor cannon originally existed. They changed the tractor cannon at a time where we wanted to feel powerful, and now they're like, oh, frick. <laughs> we, we reacted, and we created a problem for all future potential void weapons, you know? DX Vader, when Season of the Drifter comes out, do you think we might see Thorn or any other Hive Guardian weapons? Maybe. I don't know. I don't. This speculating on that stuff is just pointless. Maybe, is what I always typically say. Thorn coming back is a big maybe. A big maybe, because of dot damage in PvP. Razor, there's no Forge new content today? No. Elizabethan, do you want them to bring SRL back? No. It's wasted bandwidth on a chintzy gimmick. No, it doesn't It doesn't yield good daily or weekly engagement. Sorry. SRL was fun, but that's not what they need to focus on right now. So, um... Spaghetti Monster, the guy we timed out for his dumb rage joke, says, uh... Do you think that year one loot should be upgraded to year two? Yes, I have a whole new uh, talk about that. They could drip feed them out through the NPCs and bounties like how Ada has bounties. Uh, for Gossa Virgo, could Bungie make pinnacle armor in a similar vein as being an endgame capstone? So they have super good perks and look dope with cosmetic effects. They're close to that with the enhanced perk. There's just not a good grind for raid armor or reverie dawn armor. There's just not a good grind. Uh, Spaghetti Monster again says, with the new powerful rapid-fire shotguns, uh, with how powerful rapid-fire shotguns, such as EP shotgun and threat level, are in PvE, do you think the slower-shooting shotguns should get a PvE buff, or do they're absolutely outside of PvP? They're just not intent, that's not really what they're built for, so I don't think they need a buff in PvE. Um, the Sneaks, what do you think about the thought of having no D3? Uh, not gonna happen. Contractual obligations. Angel Hunter, Lono, there are some rare Ingram weapons that outperform legendary and exotic weapons. Your thoughts, sir? Um, I don't think this is true with the exception of that one shotgun. I don't think that's true. Like the blue weapons, that's not true with the exception of maybe that one shotgun that somebody did a a video on. Evil Reborn, what do you think a double barrel shotgun that fires both bullets at once and has max damage but limited ammo as a legendary weapon? Feels built for boss damage, so I don't know if people would want to use it as a secondary, like, shield buster, major buster, uh, unless it had, like, auto-loading holster, because the reload on it would probably be slow or painful if you were trying to kind of, like, barrel stuff. Yeah, the botheration is, like, better than legendaries. That's obviously, like, a misstep, but I don't think it's better than legendary weapons. I think that's an overstatement. D flawless. D2 is all about damage. What can be done to reduce the focus on damage-based perks only and introduce new mechanic content and uh, make perks like Genesis and Shield Disorient ex- exciting? Well, that's what we do in the game, right? We kill enemies. If you kill enemies, then that's what you're focusing on is killing enemies better. And if you're killing, if you're focused on killing enemies better, then you're going to focus on damage. I don't know how you make us care about Shield Disorient. Right? How do you make us care about disruption break? I don't know. I, I don't. I, I honestly and truly don't know. As I said, 
when you use onslaught right on the breakneck it is as good as other pinnacle primaries and so then you just use it because it feels cool you're not necessarily using it because you're like i have to use this trash ads are so hard to kill right all you're trying to do is put things at the ceiling at the ceiling of efficiency that's all you're trying to do you just make them feel different Dr. Facepunch, do you think multiple difficulties of Forge is giving different amounts of modulus reports? Like 600 only gives one, 650, uh, which is pretty hard to max level characters, would give like all six needed for another frame. Lower level characters will have more of a grind. Max level characters can grind frames more efficiently. See, you're leaning into something that I think needs to be done. Spectrum of difficulty, spectrum of reward. You've got it. That's that's a good idea. Angel Hunter, do you feel all of us hardcore and casual players would love to have uh, Guardian talk a little bit more? It's just not an important point. It isn't. It isn't important to bring in some guy and write script and record lines. Not a pain point and not a problem in the game right now. We need stuff. Good loot and content loop is what we need. We don't need our Guardian to talk. Uh, yes, Mr. Vic. If Destiny has a healthy player base, why did Activision say they were disappointed? One million in PVE doesn't sound like a lot for a AAA game. It, it is a lot for a four-year-old franchise, and they said they were disappointed in the initial sales of Destiny 2, so you got to make sure you quote them properly when bringing this up. It has nothing to do with the status of things, status of things right now. Um, they were disappointed in the sales, and the attach rate of DLC was probably bad because Destiny 2 wasn't well-received. So... They did that before, they made that statement before Forsaken even came out. So it has nothing to do with maintained player base. It has nothing to do with health of the player base. For a four-year-old franchise, over a million players daily engage. If you add in PvP, it's close to two million a day. That's solid. That is solid. I, I, I don't know how you can say it's not. Go to Steam, all right? Go to Steam and look at the most popular games, right? Go, go to the most popular games and then watch those games a year, two years, three years, four years later. And are any of them maintaining that many players? Right? I don't know if they were disappointed in the initial sales of D2. They were disappointed in the performance of Destiny 2 before Forsaken came out. What that means is the attach rate was probably bad for everything. It was probably microtransaction sales were low. DLC attach rates were probably bad. Daily engaged player base numbers were attached to those sales projections, right? That's probably what Activision was talking about. Initial sales were probably fine. I might I might have misspoke. It was the initial and and launch and sort of ramifications of the initial launch. It wasn't Forsaken and it wasn't the player base now. They weren't looking into the future. They were talking about how it performed after launch, right? And Activision's expectations aren't necessarily a determiner of a game's success. If Activision's like, we're disappointed in the performance of the sales, okay, does that mean the game's doing poorly or is dying? No, it means they didn't sell as much as they wanted. That's all that means. So... Bethesda said they had a, uh, a concurrent, a million concurrent for Fallout 76. I mean, I would want to be able to check that somewhere. Because the, 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 the PR nightmare and the people asking for refunds and stuff, that Destiny never got to that degree of dissatisfaction. That Fallout 76 had a hard time. Uh, Stephen Murphy, do you think they will make a mistake by not bringing Trials back? I have a whole video on this. Trials can't come back right now. If it comes back later, it needs to be 3v3 Elim, and certain maps can't be in there because of their design. So, but it ain't coming back anytime soon. D Keen says, Lona, what do you think of the timeout system for when a team does not finish the forge? They lock the player out of the least amount of kills to help prevent AFK. I mean, 
I don't know, Flair D with the brand new sub. Welcome to the Rage. Thank you so much for that brand new sub. I don't have a solution in mind for how to prevent AFK players other than doing something that's like popping up on the screen and saying, hey, you haven't moved in a while. Are you still there? And make them do a series of button presses or you kick them. Um, now, obviously, people with macros that are moving around and shooting walls and making themselves respawn wouldn't get that alert, but tons of people on console can't do that. The player base, the majority of the player base is on console and can't use macro. So they're just standing there like a douche wagon or they rubber band their controller or something. But that would at least be a start. That would be a start. Uh, Atrimver says, you think we get text chat on console or some way to signal people in game? Text chat on console does need to come. 100%. That would be really, really nice. But right now, it's not happening. Uh, nine months from Juicebox. Thank you so much, dude, for the stream, baby. Welcome back. I'm new to Destiny. Do you have any tips for me? Uh, play the game. Uh, Plump Panda Man says, Do you think that the Eververse store is useless, too expensive, not worth the money, should sell better, doper stuff? Direct purchase on everything. Direct purchase on everything. So if I come over here and I'm like, Hey, look at that. That cost this much money, right? I can just direct purchase it. I, I, I don't I don't know the art of microtransactions okay I'm not an expert here but I feel like if you are trying to motivate purchase okay and I'm like yo the cuddly throwback I gotta have that where it says bright dust it should say bright dust 800 or five dollars and you hold the button down and you buy it for five dollars why are you making it hard for people to purchase stuff? Impulse buy, right? Impulse buy. Oh man, sitting at a desk on fire. I want this emote. This emote's so worth it. Five dollars. Hold down the button, right? That that is the. I don't know why they're not doing that. Bright dust. Oh, you don't have bright dust? Don't worry. You can buy silver. Wait, what? But I need bright dust. Yeah, but with silver, you can get this bundle. And it comes with some bright dust. The frick are you doing? Streamline the process. Right? Streamline the process. That's against the idea of microtransactions. Reinvent the wheel. Create impulse buy mentality. What What if you came to her every day at reset and she had an item on sale? Instead of $5, it was $3 right here. Flashing lights. Like, oh my gosh, there's a sale item right now. Buy, 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 buy. It doesn't seem to motivate purchase. It doesn't seem to create impulse buy. It's confusing and stupid. You want to try and mask what people are spending their money on, and here's why. Because little kids are like, Mom, I need V-Bucks. Oh, how many V-Bucks do you need? Oh, I need this many V-Bucks. Well, how much money does that cost? What costs this much money? And you disconnect the dollar amount with the currency so it doesn't feel like they're spending money. That crap's just not working anymore, I don't think. Maybe they're getting great Eververse conversion rates and I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. But in my mind, impulse buy is the key. It's the key. I can just buy this right now and I streamline the process. My credit card's on file. Why do you think people just keep buying V-Bucks, right? Their credit card's on file, V-Bucks, and then they go use the V-Bucks to buy the skin. This is different, right? This is 100% and totally different. You're, you're buying... Thank you for the brand new Prime Sub, Swiftson. You're buying the 
the the currency and then the currency can get you another currency it's just weird I, like staggered it right i'm here for niobe labs you got to come back next week last question from the sneaks long q a today guys thank you so much what would be the biggest change you would like to see come to the game first weapon reworks again rebalancing uh move the weapons around to the classic primary secondary and heavy system and then invest in the weapons that suck right that's exactly what i would do that's exactly what i would do go back to the classic primary secondary and heavy system put elements on the primary weapons because they don't do anything in the game other than pop shields anyway right and invest in the weapons that suck fusion rifles suck snipers suck swords suck grenade launchers suck rocket launchers suck just make a big put a big billboard and be like these weapons suck and you just put them on the board and you're like we got to address these weapons because they all suck no one's using them and just go from there so we're going to keep streaming we're not shutting down the stream so if you're here right now in the stream be sure to click the follow button click the heart button right if you've enjoyed the content, be sure to do that. If you're listening to this later on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, tune in live. I'm probably live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, and you can come in and be part of these conversations. You guys can keep submitting questions and comments in chat. I'll read them and interact with you, but I'm going to close out the podcast with a little outro, and my stream is going to stay live, so don't go anywhere. As always, if you're listening to this and watching this on the other platforms, please like, share, and subscribe.